It's a new year and it's time for new possibilities and do we ever need them? Cricket Wireless can help you make the easy switch to the mobile plan that's right for you starting at $30 a month. Smile and switch to Cricket. Activation and other fees and restrictions apply. Terms subject to change. See store for details. For details. For details. You know you could use a vacation right now. So consider Little Rock for your first trip of 2021. With six stops on the U.S. Civil Rights Trail and dozens of Black-owned businesses and restaurants just waiting to serve you, it's the kind of place where Black History Month is celebrated all year long. So if you're big on Black culture, you're going to be big on Little Rock. Plan your visit today at littlerock.com. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. Why do stars fall down from the sky every time? you walk by <laughs> just like me they long to be close to you I'm done I knew you was waiting <laughs> no I mean I just want to come in you because you stayed in one key the whole oh, time oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know well, praise the lord for that nigga <laughs> Progress is being made in these streets. Praise <laughs> oh, the Lord, niggas. We out here. Wagwan, 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 sister girl. Child, everything is everything. I'm safe and I have what I need. That's it. Me too. Welcome back to Getting Grown, y'all. We are Jade and Kia. Yes, we And are. we are here to talk about the ghettos of adulting, the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in. The and this is bad. just a show of positivity today because we ain't got no trash. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. We're just going to we're going to skate on over. We've got quite a number of graduation announcements, which is always a good thing. But we just want to be conscious and cognizant of time. Yes. Um, so we're going to skate right into those. And then we have an awesome conversation. As promised last week, we're going to get into um, you know, all that's happening over there, uh, Israeli Gaza region. Yes. Um, and all that's happening with respect to um Palis- Palestinian yeah. anti blackness. The anti blackness that exists. Yes. All of um that. with the one and only Dr. Charles H. F. Davis the third. It's gonna help us something. to sort of dig through that. It's going to be an awesome time. The blackest light-skinned doctor you'll ever meet in your <laughs> life, I tell you right now, okay? A pleasure, a joy, and a gift indeed, indeed, at the kitchen indeed. table this week. I can't wait indeed. for y'all to get to it. But um, I guess, oh, how are you? I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I said I'm safe, safe and I have and what have I need. What you need. Okay, and, yes. you know, we're moving forward, you know, yes. living, learning. Yes. We're growing. Yes. I'm trying. Yes. Every day. Yes healing it's gonna be it's 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 all right it's all right you doing this even when it even when it isn't it is that's right (laughs) um um how are you what's going on yeah i'm great um 
I'm great, and uh, I will not complain because um, I have groceries in my fridge. Huh? So, Come on, <laughs> that that's you know, enough right there. I'm grateful for that, uh, and I also ordered dinner tonight, like a lot of you niggas Period. do. So here we are, Period. all just living reality. Um, my the arugula trait. goes bad while the Uber eats his pondiway. Pondiway. I'm gonna. But and I will. And I have a little story I'll tell you all in the petty peeves. Um, many oh of you will shake your heads at me. I don't care. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk about positive things and get to these graduation announcements because y'all are not playing around with these things. I love it. Let us journey onward. All right, let's get right on into it. Oh, yeah. Okay, the first graduate, first graduation announcement uh, coming from Ayana. Ayana writes. Hi, Jade and Kia. Love, love, love the podcast and fell in love with it on a road trip with one of my best friends, Bria, on our way to Atlanta. But anywho, on to the shout out. Today, I'm writing to shout out myself for getting my master's of science in global and international education from Drexel University in November during the panty. This regress was special. Because I started it two years ago and had to take a break where my career took off in the education field, but I put school aside and during the panty, I was given space and opportunity to jump back in and complete it. I have never been more excited to be the first person in my family with a master's degree. Pictures for your viewing pleasures are attached. Oh my God. And they are for our pleasure with your cute ass. So precious. Is it not? Go ahead, Ayana. Is it not? So precious. Thank you so much um, for writing in. We are very proud of you on your for your master's degree. Absolutely. Um, and thanks for for letting us know so that we can shout you out. Congratulations Beautiful and welcome to the kitchen skin. table. You better go on, Ayana. Period. All right. Okay. Our next announcement reads: Greetings, Jade and Kia. I would like to submit a graduation announcement for myself. Jacqueline Steen, okay, and gave me a very phonetic spelling that I appreciate. On so April 30th, 2021, <laughs> I graduated with my Master of Science in Health Promotion from Mississippi State University. In the fall, I will be pursuing my PhD in Human Development and Family Science at Auburn University, fully Go funded. Ahead. This little Period. girl from Memphis is going to be a doctor. I know yes, this next chapter won't be easy, but I'm excited and optimistic about etching closer to my goals. Thank you for acknowledging this year's graduates. I hope you both have a great day. We hope you have a great day, Jacqueline. Congratulations. Many congratulations to you, sis. Hi, Jaden Kia. My name is Tonia, and I am a longtime listener. Thank you for this outlet that you provide to Black women. The work that you do helps me more than you could ever imagine. I love y'all. I am the proudest of two graduates this year. Thank you so much for providing this platform to celebrate the grads. Up, oh, she said, "Here is my lengthy shout out." Now, Listen, girl, sis. Now you, now, now, now you know. Now you know. You know we ain't finna <laughs> read this book. You all, Hello? you all can tell when we start to truncate, and y'all know why. Because there's so much <laughs> here. 
Okay. <laughs> First off, I want to shout out my bro, Marcus Grant, who just graduated from the University of Miami Frost School of Music with two master's degrees, a master's of music, musicology, and a master's in jazz studies. Yes. Marcus will be continuing his quest for academic excellence at Brown University to earn his PhD in musicology with, eth with an ethnomusicology emphasis. Um... <laughs> Come on. She says, last but not least, my proudest shout out goes to my little sister, Kanaya Walker. Kanaya is graduating from Kingsway High School and making her big leap into the hood of adulting as a freshman at Morgan State University in Merlin this the fall. <laughs> Majoring in psychology. However, this is not her first time at the Collegiate Rodeo. She's been taking college courses since her junior year at Rowan University and will carry those credits on with her. She also hopes to join the track team at Morgan State. Yes. She says, Kanaya, keep being your most authentic self. Keep taking up space and understanding your worth. At times when you may feel like you aren't enough, remember all Dr. Kia's words. There is no competition in your own lane. Uh, and you know my motto. <laughs> Fuck them kids, do you? Hello, Most important. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> know that you are blessed where you come and blessed when you go. You are divinely guided and protected, and you all you have all that you need already. We are so excited to see how far you go and support you along the way. Love your big sister, Toe, and little sister Ray Ray. And she's also included pictures of Marcus. Oh, and uh, Kanaya, oh, both, both precious, beautiful, both precious. And thank you, uh, Tonia. We appreciate you. This very long email we had to truncate, <laughs> but you understand. You understand that we have several of these three, girl, but and we, we shout you, it Tonya, out. We love you down. We love you down. Our next announcement reads. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Greetings, niggas and niggas. Thank you, Jade oh and Kia, for giving us the platform to shine light on greatness. I have two graduate shout outs. First, I want to shout out Kennedy Raspberry. First of all, this name. Okay. My stop. gosh. She graduated Raspberry. from Ohio. Raspberry Beret. She graduated from <laughs> Ohio University with a Bachelor of Science in Journalism, as well as securing the internship bag with Complex. Burr, 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 burr. Go ahead. Very Next, nice. a huge shout out to Dr. Niall Harris. Dr. Harris graduated on May 14th from Emory University School of Medicine. He became the first doctor in his family and will continue his journey into residency. I'm so, so proud of him. Congratulations again, Kennedy and Niall, for not only graduating, but for making it through a panoramic from Lauren. I love it. Congratulations. Love it. Congratulations, guys. Hey, aunties. <laughs> Hey, aunties, my name is Ashantis. I just wanted to quickly say thank you for being a light and helping us 20-something survive adulting. While I didn't get to send in my own grad announcement, there is nothing that will stop me from shouting my sisters, Ke uh, Carrie mm -hmm. um, and Rochelle. Uh, Carrie Richardson and Rochelle Monique Turner. Carrie, my sister in spirit, graduated this May with a Juris Doctor degree from The Ohio State University, Moritz College of Law. I am especially proud of my baby sister, Rochelle, who graduated from Trotwood Madison High School after facing dev a devastating tornado and working through a Pandora. Oh she will gosh. be attending St. Clair Community College, majoring in social work in the fall. I just want you both to know that you 
uh, that I am so proud of you both. You inspire me to be the best version of myself. I love you. Um, and that's from Ashantis Knox. Congratulations, Congratulations to Carrie and Rochelle. Um, we really appreciate uh, Ashantis for shouting you out. And we are very proud of you and all of your achievements Absolutely. this school year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Next. Oh, this is a nice brief one. It's not shade. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a huge shout out to my friend, Dr. Jasmine Kelly, for receiving her doctoral degree in education from Clark Atlanta University. I'm so proud of her for accomplishing such a major goal in her life and can't wait to see what a great impact she will have on students' lives. Love you, Jasmine. And that's from Asia. Love to hear it. Congratulations, Jasmine. Uh, hey, Jade and Kia. I love the show. My name is Rochelle, and I just want to send a shout out to my dear friend, Tatiana, my oldest friend. She's graduating with her master's of science from Turo College. Shout out to you, Tatiana. I know how hard you've worked for this, and I'm so impressed that you were able to do this all virtually during a pandemic. I could never. So proud of you and your amazing accomplishment. Keep making me proud, and I can't wait to see all the great things you accomplish. Love you, Rochelle. Oh, Rochelle, congratulations. And thank we you, Rochelle, it. for writing in. Absolutely. All right. Next, our next one says, hey, Jade and Kia, a.k.a. my play aunties. I want to give a huge shout out to my best friend, Kiara. I could go on all day about her, but Miss Gurley, after graduating from the United States Air Force Academy with her Bachelor's of Science, was asked by her academy to come back and teach English due to her performance and passion for the subject. She would later go on to attend the University of Texas in Austin and earn her degree, um, her master's degree in, in English in fall of 2020. My good sis is now finishing up her first semester as a professor of English at the United States Air Force Academy, the very same institution that she conquered all those years ago. She didn't get a chance to celebrate in the midst of moving and the pentatonics but i still <laughs> want her to feel how celebrated and love she is and know how proud i am of her i knew when i sat next to her back in middle school that i would be hyping her up for all the amazing things she'd do for the rest of our lives congratulations professor kiera said in my nikki parker voice love always andrea and she uh showed some some uh pictures of them getting so their cute. rings how cute look at them I love it. I Congratulations. love it. Congratulations, Kiara. Thank you, Andrea, for writing in. For sure. Hey, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia, I am a longtime listener, first-time writer. I love your podcast. Thank you so much for the joy you bring to your listeners each week. When y'all aren't making me take long, hard looks at myself to question what it is I'm doing with my life, y'all are cracking me up, and I love it. I want to shout myself out today. A year ago, I decided to make a career shift from social work to the tech industry. I decided to apply to a data science immersive boot camp, got in and graduated from that program this February. I initially did not think this would be a big enough accomplishment to write in for, but I'm working on acknowledging and rewarding myself even for small feats. This career shift has already started to pay off. I recently started as a data science intern for a great company and a great team. And although I have only been there for a couple of days, I can tell that this experience will change my life. This goes to show that God's timing is always right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do. And I hope you both continue to receive the love and joy you put out into the world each week. Much love, Sandra. Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. We appreciate you writing in and we absolutely want to celebrate you accomplishing uh, 
in completing your program. Um, and there is no, you know, you completed a program period. Like there's no, like done. Guess like, who, you know, of course your girl. So congratulations <laughs> to you. <laughs> yes, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. And, um, we're proud of you for, uh, your, your graduation and for your uh, new internship. Absolutely. Our next announcement reads, Hey cousins, Jade and Kia. I am back now a fully licensed attorneys. Praise the Lord, nigga. Attorney, excuse me, to shout of the GGB during this graduation season. Oh, shout out the GGB during this graduation season. Okay, that's all right. First, I have to congratulate my dad, Jeff Piper, for graduating with his executive MBA from Kennesaw State University. He completed his degree over the last 18 months while working his demanding full-time job, working through late nights and weekends. And she goes on to talk about how he had to overcome the learning curve of going back to school and all of those things after taking a 35 year break, but she's so proud of him for accomplishing his goal to get another degree after putting it off financially and emotionally to support her in her bachelor's degree um, and law degrees. Second, I have to congratulate my favorite godson, nephew and second child, Taylin for graduating from pre-K. Auntie Gabby, so proud of you. And I'm amazed how helpful you've been to your mommy while she writes her dissertation. Hey, and takes care of your brand new baby sister. I cannot wait to visit and see you on your first day of kindergarten this fall. Um, I know I'm Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. Uh, I've attached pictures of my favorite GGBs and hope you hear from the next hear from me next year, shouting out my sister for graduating from high school and my godson's mom for being a whole doctor after finishing her dissertation while nursing a newborn. Love y'all. I listen every week and that's from Gabby. Oh, look at her dad. Oh, look at Taylor. (laughs) Thank y'all. Oh, we love these. She sends an addendum. Oh, okay. Shout out to me and my friends for being team employed after we take the bar next month. I also wanted to send y'all a few pictures, not pictured. J.S. Ashley, she was just too busy being a boss. Okay. I love it. Thank you, Gabby. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Beautiful. All right. Fantastic. Um, hi, Jaden Kia. My bestie and I love the show. She noticed that I was following you both on Instagram and asked if I listened to the podcast. I knew then that I had to send in an announcement for her. My girl, Dr. Keisha M.M. Colley, is a graduate of the University of Arkansas from Medical Sciences with her Ph.D. in Interdisciplinary Biomedical Sciences. Shout out, <laughs> Shout out to all the black women in STEM. She worked hard so... Uh, to reach her goal and did it all with such poise. I can only imagine how she felt as she was going through this experience because she is not one to complain. She knew it had to be done and just pushed through instead. I know it wasn't easy, but Dr. Keisha, as I will forever call her, did what needed to be done. She is an all around amazing person, loves the Lord, is so dependable and have has devoted so much of her life to helping others. She is currently working in the field she wanted to work in with the job that she wanted hashtag goals. I'm so happy to see that she is getting what's hers. I'm so proud to call her my friend. Thanks for devoting so much time highlighting all of these amazing accomplishments. I love it. And I love y'all. And that's from Ashley Rich. Thank you, Ashley. And shout out to you, Dr. Cawley. Okay. Okay. Dr. Keisha. Dr. Keisha Cawley. Look, they're celebrating you outside right now. Oh my gosh! I, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't Whatever it. it was. It was fifty cents. <laughs> okay. In the club. Um. Oh my gosh. Yes. 
I'm sorry. I'm throwing key. I'm throwing key all off. I'm just trying to figure out what's happening because you're supposed to be reading the next one. You don't hear this? No, I hear nothing. That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, that means my home studio is doing what it needs to. Oh, hey, y'all. Thanks for creating this space for us to celebrate our loved ones and each other. Today, uh -huh. May 20th, 2021, my four-year-old nephew Jace has his step-up ceremony. Jace is on the autism Aww. spectrum and has a limited vocabulary. He's shown a great amount of progress within the last school year, and I'm super excited for him. With continued therapies, hard work, time, and dedication from his support system, Jace shall be great. I continually pray that God protects him, increases his vocabulary, and gives him everything he needs to be a great person. I'm always his biggest fan, and he knows it. He also knows that his auntie going to ride for him always. On to kindergarten we go. Thanks again for letting me highlight my baby. And that's from Brian. Yay. Oh, Jace. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Jace, you better be great. You are going to be great. You are great. You're great already. Proud of you. Yes. Hey, Jane and Kia, I hope this message finds you well. I discovered this <laughs> podcast this year, and I feel like I found my tribe. I appreciate you guys so much and really want to shout out my munchkin, Solari Reader. She said, I had my daughter right out of high school and had a lot of support. Unfortunately, I also had a lot of naysayers and gave them a lot of space. That's I have right. spent my daughter's entire life um, trying to prove to myself that I'm a good mommy and that I'm not just another statistic. I can now say with confidence that I not only am I rocking this mommy shit, but my daughter is also handling her business as a beautiful, thoughtful, and academically driven young lady. On May 11th, she graduated with her associate's degree from Georgia State University with the highest honors. On May 27th, she will graduate from high school as a star student, highest SAT score in the school, and hey! in the top 10% of her magnet class. Stop it! She said during a whole panic at the disco. <laughs> <laughs> she said during a whole panic at the disco, my daughter earned an associate's degree while also completing her last two years of high school, being a section leader in marching band, performing in our school district's youth symphony orchestra, presiding as the president of the National Honor Society, and earning nothing but straight A's since the panacea started. She has been accepted to every college that she's applied to and will attend FAMU in the fall on a band scholarship. I'm crying as I write this. Oh, no, because never in my wildest dreams did I think I was capable of raising a child that could make me this proud. Education is so important. Thank you so much for giving us this space to blow up our, our loved ones. Please keep doing what you're doing. You are much needed. Sincerely, Jacinta Williams. Oh, just oh, she's gorgeous. So oh, pretty. Yes, Solari, go ahead. Well, what does Proud she play? You, you ain't even tell us what instrument she plays or it's nothing. Okay. She gonna be in the in 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 the one hundred, the marching band <laughs> at FAMU, and it's gonna be a time. I Go ahead, girl. Love it. I can't wait until she's up on one of Beyonce's um Beachellas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just rocking and shit, enjoying yourself. Oh, thank you, Jacinta, for writing in, and congratulations, Solari. You. My, I mean, God, you've accomplished more in this in these short amount of years than I could even think of. <laughs> right, <laughs> my girl. I'm feeling right. all kinds of inadequate. Okay, I, I'm 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 feeling highly inadequate over here right now. Uh, our next announcement. No, congratulations, congratulations, Boo. Our next announcement reads: Greetings, Doctor Kia and Chef Jade. 
My hey. name is Jordan, and I am a proud GGB. I tell anybody who will listen how amazing your show is. Oh, no. I'm writing in today to brag <laughs> on my youngest brother really quick. My youngest brother, Miles, graduated May 5th from Georgia State University with his bachelor's degree in political science with a concentration in pre-law and a minor in entrepreneurship. Go ahead. He graduated with honors, magna cum laude, president's list, dean's list, and he's an international scholar. I am so proud of him. He really could have given up, especially after our father's passing almost two years ago now. Our condolences. He even snagged an associate's degree because he could, and that was his business. Mm -hmm. Last fun fact. It was exactly two years and 49 weeks between his high school and college graduation. Stop. This man is focused and going places. Please wish him well as he prepares for the LSAT this summer. Signed, a proud old brother, Jordan. Yes. Yo. I love it. Yo, these kids out here. Let me tell you, y'all are motherfucking great. Do you hear me? I probably shouldn't say it like that, but it is what it is. I'm. That's who I am. You all are just like, just stars. Okay. Fantastic. And I just feel so relieved of uh, who's going to be in charge of shit when I am super geriatric. I'm just very excited about that. Fucking oh my God, stars so out here. Um, we love to see it. Um, hi, Auntie Jade. Hi, Auntie Kia. Hi. My name is Cameron, and I want to shout out my friends and myself for graduating from college. We are graduates of the North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University. Let me tell you. Hold on. Pause. I'm so sorry. Every time anybody from North Carolina A&T writes in, I just, I live for every last one of you because y'all <laughs> got to put a the, a that, a that mm-hmm. nigga, whatever. <laughs> you got to let them know. And I love it. <laughs> Rep your set. Okay, go ahead. Period. Uh, my friends have been my people since we stepped on campus, and I'm so blessed God placed them in my life. A couple of us graduated in spring 2020, one in spring 2021, but this is going to be one big-ass shout-out. <laughs> Despite all that has happened this past year with the pootie tang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful. We get to come back to our beloved campus to walk on May. We got to come back on to our beloved campus to walk on May 9th and to say our final goodbye to a chapter that was cut short. To Anaya, Mikhail, Stacy, Sam, Trey, and Manny, I'm so proud to call you guys my friends. College was the best and the worst at times, but I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone else. You all have stepped into adulthood with the utmost resilience and determination. You constantly make me want to be better. I'm so blessed to call you all my friends. I can't wait to see us take over the tech, entertainment, mental health, sports, and beauty spaces. I'm so proud of you. Um, and myself, might I add. A and T really bought me a new family and I did not expect uh that I did not expect going into college. Thanks again, aunties, for doing this. Please expect another email from me soon to congratulate our friend Arnett, who will soon be an A and T grad as well. Peace and blessings to you and your families. Um, and like we say at A&T, Aggie Pride. All the best, Cameron. Aww, Thank you, Cameron. Cameron. Thank you. And shout out to you and your squad. Okay. Gang, I hope gang. I said their names correctly. Um, yes, all of you all for completing your degrees during the Pootie Tang. Okay. <laughs> we 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 speak your names out here. Do. Sarate. Our next announcement <laughs> On says... On the tippy <laughs> <laughs> 
Praise the Lord, niggas. Thank you both for all you do. I'll try to keep this as short as possible. I'm shouting out my dear friend, Ever Renaya Clinton, ever ever <laughs> graduated with her motherfucking master's in architecture from Carnegie oh, Mellon hey. University on May 22nd. Come on. I love it. Her thesis is entitled Social Sustainability, a Radically Inclusive Process for Engaging Economically Divested Neighborhoods. In other words, she cares fiercely for black people in the neighborhoods we inhabit and is committed to increasing the number of black architects providing thoughtful design for our built environment. Yes, I am constantly in awe of her resilience, her beautiful smile, her infectious giggle, her dance moves, her perfect locks and her huge ass heart ever. Girl, your star is so bright. And secondly, I'm shouting up my damn self, Dr. Jasmine Kwasa, Ph.D., Last okay. month, I defended my PhD dissertation in electrical and computer engineering, also from Carnegie Mellon, the number four ranked engineering school in the United States. Shout it out. <laughs> Go ahead. My journey was riddled with loss and grief and transferring schools and all manner of BS. But after seven years of refusing to give up, I did it. Best did part it. is that my amazing committee allowed me to write a chapter all about my contributions to racial justice and STEM education and practice. My passion. I'm really about to be a black woman professor, engineer, cognitive neuroscientist, an advocate of marginalized students in the academy. Mm, fuck it up. Yes. I'm so damn proud of myself and I'm so thankful to my community, including getting grown. Peace and love to you both. And that comes from who? Dr. Jasmine. Recognize that. Woo! Shout out to I Jasmine to and Ever. So amazing congratulations to you both Absolutely. and thanks for writing in jasmine shush, shush. hi jade and kia i love your podcast i stumbled across it a couple of years ago during graduation season i've been waiting eagerly since then to submit a graduation shout out to my baby girl the time has finally arrived i'd like to congratulate my beautiful compassionate daughter brianna on her graduation from the university of bridgeport with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing degree earlier this month. Prior to graduation, Sis secured a registered nurse job at her dream employer. She starts her nursing career journey uh, there in a couple of months. Currently, my daughter is studying for the NCLEX RN exam. Prayers and positive vibes she will pass successfully. With love and pride, and auntie in Connecticut. <laughs> thank you so much, auntie. And yes. thank you so much, um uh sorry and congratulations to your niece brianna <laughs> yes yes to your niece brianna with her beautiful self so pretty all right hey there chef jade and dr kia my big cousins in my head it is with immense excitement <laughs> that i write this email to announce my graduation from seattle university with my med in student development administration aka higher education and student affairs this has been a long journey. I started grad school in 2018 and spent the next two years of my life juggling two jobs and a full-time class load. My grad school experience was full of transitions, tears, curveballs, but she got through it, okay? She goes on to let us know some of the difficulties that she went through, but also um, I pushed myself hard through grad school trying to get through the degree in two years, thinking it will all be worth it when I cross the stage in June 2020 for graduation. Plot twist! <laughs> the pound cake hit in my stress transition. <laughs> Every week y'all take me down. <laughs> and my stress transitioned into full-on burnout. Deciding my sanity was more important than a fancy piece of paper, I took a break from school three months before I was expected to graduate. 
It was the best decision I ever made. In that time, I was able to reflect and reconnect with myself, left a toxic job, and came back to school six months later in the fall of 2020, ready to finish what I started at a slower part-time pace. That worked much better for me. I am excited to finally trade the books for some coin because your girl has recently secured a full-time position as an academic advisor at a local university, and I beat out 405 other applicants for the position. This has been a lifelong goal to earn an advanced degree, and I am both proud and in awe of myself for finally making this dream a reality. I, dis- I dedicate this to the ancestors. That's right. Signed, Monique, a push-through queen, ready to sit the fuck down. <laughs> Did I mention yeah. I have a 4.0 GPA? GPA. Go ahead, Monique, girl. Proud of you, sis. Do Stunt. it. Stunt. Okay. Hey there, Chef Jade and Doc. Oh, no. That's yours that you just read. Just kidding. Hey, Dr. Kia and Master <laughs> Mixologist Jade. Okay. A new one. <laughs> I hope that you two are safe and have what you need. Come on. My name is Omolara, and I have had I have been a day one listener. I love the growth that this podcast has gone through, and I'm proud of the things that the two of you have accomplished thus far. The musical stylings of Jade at the beginning of each episode have me cackling loud and singing along. <laughs> she said, Dr. Q, your fashions are top notch. Thank you. And they are. Um, <laughs> I will get as lucky as you are because I too wanted those dunks you posted, but the enemy of progress that is the sneakers at girl, girl, girl. <laughs> I think they're still available. Yeah, they're still available on StockX. Okay. Um, (laughs) I have sent I have sent in many a graduation announcement for my students and family members, but these two that I am sending in uh, are very near and dear to my heart. Firstly, I want to give a shout out to my favorite GGB, my partner in Sense and MSW, and the biggest Erica Badu fan I know on this side of the 495, Dr. Robert Akeem Mays for defending his dissertation this Wednesday, May 26th, in hopes to receive his PhD in social work from the Morgan State University. Only he would title his dissertation Cranes in the Sky. (laughs) And and I'm here for it. Robert, you have been down for me like four flats on a Cadillac since we met in 2012 and bonded over Joloff Rice. And I'm grateful for your presence in my life. I know you are meant to do amazing things in the field. And the world is not ready for the force uh, from this force from Buffalo, New York. I love you bigly, friend. Bust out the ginger beer, crabs, and jollof. Because in my best J.J. Harrison voice, you deserve it. <laughs> Next, I want to give a shout out to my baby sister, uh, Iotide. 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 I'm sorry. Um, for receiving her Bachelor of Arts in uh, Mass Communications from Towson University on Wednesday, May 19th. Going to college virtually, not an easy feat. Running a business, not for the faint of heart. Surviving a worldwide pendulce. Girl. <laughs> we will try. We will, We still trying to make it. But you, you have done them all with style and grace, might I add. I served, barely uh, got out of the bed realness to my pre-K-4 class virtually while your face is beat wig style and mind sharp to get those classes done and those deadlines for your businesses turned in on top of being a cum laude student she also is the owner and founder of ios arrangements a graphic designer and gift basket company in pg county maryland i'm so proud of you and know your next moves will be just as awesome as you are congratulations to all the graduates of 2021 young and old Y'all did the damn thing in this panna cotta and can't nobody take that away from you. Go out and be amazing, but please do it safely with all the love. 
Omolara. Thank you, girl. Thank you so much. And congratulations to IOT Day and Dr. Robert Akeem Mays. Yes, Cranes in the Sky. Cranes in the Sky. Yo, that's the funniest shit. Hello, aunties. 2021 has been one hell of a year, but this year has brought two graduations in my family. First, I graduated May 2021 from Arizona State University with a master's in sustainability leadership and was accepted to the ASU electrical engineering program. Go ahead. This was my goal that I achieved while deserving, excuse me, while serving as an active duty military member with a deployed husband, running a vending machine business and mothering my two beautiful children, Luca and Kaya. I'm extremely proud of myself, but even more proud of our second graduation. Our, a grad, yeah, our second graduation. My daughter, Kaya, graduates from pre-K this week, and I'm beyond proud of her. She's a very smart, funny, loving little girl. I'm especially proud of how she adjusted and grew over the year while not having her father home. She's very much introverted, but stepped out of her shell to be a social butterfly. She won't hear this, but mommy, I'm so glad. But mommy is proud of you. <laughs> Love you both. And that's from Kareen. Oh, Kareen. Thank you for writing in and all the love to Kaya. Oh, my gosh. So precious. Hey, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. Thank you so much for the work and love you put into creating such a dope community space for this podcast. I'm writing to celebrate my wife, Dr. Erica Pendleton, who will be hooded today, Tuesday, May 25th. She earned her Doctor of Education degree in Curriculum and Instruction from Georgia State University last year, but because of the pandemic, wasn't able to be hooded until now. What makes this extra special is that both her advisor and her mom will hood her in the ceremony. Not only has she survived this past year as an elementary school art specialist in the state of Georgia, uh, y'all pray for us, she also uh, done this so while maintaining an, ex an exceptional amount of kindness, grace, and love for her students. I could not be more excited for her or prouder to be her wife. Come on, Dr. Bay. Thank y'all. I've included a couple of pics from our backyard photo shoot, and that's from Megan. Shout out to you, Megan, oh, and shout out to your wife, Dr. Pendleton, Dr. Erica. Yes. So precious. Beautiful. Also, very, Kareen, very... I'm so sorry. Congratulations to you, too. I congratulated Kaya and not and not you and you you did that especially doing this by yourself for a year I just had to make sure I um all right our next announcement praise the lord niggas my dearest cousins Dr. Takia and Chef Jade my name is Tiara and I'm writing to you with a heart full of gratitude and humility to celebrate myself I went back and forth for quite some time about whether or not I would write in to celebrate my graduation since it happened last year, but I'm practicing the art of unapologetic, unapologetic self-love and celebrating myself rather than waiting to be celebrated by those around me. So I've chosen to give myself these well-deserved flowers. So she says, I graduated from the University of Illinois at Chicago School of Pharmacy in May of 2020 with my doctorate of pharmacy. I did so with a 3.4 GPA despite overcoming extreme obstacles, including leaving a physically abusive relationship in the third year of my program. Since graduation, I moved from Chicago to Atlanta, where I was accepted into a residency program to further expand my knowledge in my field. However, I knew early on that the residency program was Spirit's way to get me to Atlanta, but was not the main reason I was here. After an eight-month battle with imposter syndrome and a diagnosis of moderate depression and anxiety, I knew the program was not right for me and resigned to get to the root of my unhappiness to obtain true peace. I have since stepped away from pharmacy and into faith to care for my mental health and pursue what I believe is my true purpose, healing others not only... Um, Though what I was 
taught, but what I have lived. I know in my heart, spirit has called me to use my struggles in and outside of the classroom as a testimony to write a book to help my people learn the beauty of going from being buried to blooming as I am in the midst of a blooming season of my very own after years of being buried by society's expectations. I would also like to shout out my amazing partner and fiance, SL, who has created a safe space for me to take off my white coat and truly rest for the first time in my life. Lastly, I cannot end this without saying how eternally grateful I am for you two ladies. You are two different personalities and true depictions of the dichotomy that exists within me and weekly. You reaffirm that I do not have to show up in rooms as pieces of myself, but can do so wholly equally educated and <laughs> thank you for creating a space that allows us all to celebrate ourselves and others, no matter what season we're in. And that's warm regards from Dr. Tierra, uh, Shauna. Fantastic. Congratulations. Farm D bad bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. And we're proud of you for Very much so. all of your obstacles. And, you know, getting to a place in life where you feel like you're doing what you've been called to do. The next uh, announcement reads, praise the Lord, Dr. Sakia and Chef Jade. Last year. Oh, thank you for making room and celebrating your podcast cousins in such a special way. <laughs> Last year, my self-care routine was walking and running while listening to your podcast. Upon listening to the graduation shout outs, the spirit said, go see what's needed to finish your degree. Our friend, Matthew the Apostle, said everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. I'm so thankful to have built a house on solid rock because I heard the word and obeyed. I was floored to learn that I was only nine classes away from being an alum. Okay. I re-enrolled at University of Arizona and have now added another degree to my wall. I earned a bachelor's in organizational management and in behavior science. My theme this year is believe in the possible. I believed in the possible and the Lord kept his promise to never leave me nor forsake me because at 44, returning, retaining knowledge isn't as easy as it was when I was 24. Mm. Oh, I steamed my, my regalia, even though I was only wearing it for a headshot to submit for virtual graduation. <laughs> um, and she right. submitted her picture and she looks amazing. Absolutely. So thank you so much for... Um, sending in your graduation announcement, Rita, and go ahead and leave this uh benediction. <laughs> okay. All right, Rita. In your announcement. Go ahead, Rita. I mean, get us all together. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Probably I love it. it. Congratulations, Rita. Our next announcement reads, Hey, Jade and Kia, I've sent in several shout outs from my friends, but I'm finally back to shout out myself. As of Friday, May 21st, I've earned a master's degree in social work from the University of Maryland School of Social Work. I also passed my social work license exam back in February, so your girl is official official. Additionally, I want to shout out my coworkers, Stephanie and Caitlin, who graduated and became licensed social workers this semester as well. Finally, shout out to Toya for getting accepted into the University of Maryland School of Social Work. I'll be back soon to shout out her graduation. Thank you, Jade and Kia, for getting all of us through this ghetto-ass semester. And that's from Tashira Bloom, LMSW. I love it. Congratulations to Shira and Stephanie and Caitlin. For sure. Hi, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. Ever since one of my best friends introduced me to the show, I have truly loved joining y'all at the kitchen table each week. I've spent many episodes absorbing your various words of great advice and genuine encouragement as they truly make a difference. It is, the, it is evident that you both have huge hearts, and I feel honored to be welcomed into them as a member of the Getting Grown community. Aww. As a woman who never intended to go back to school, 
She finished undergrad in 2010. Go Terps. I certainly never anticipated having an opportunity to share a 2021 graduation with you all. Uh, I should also note that self-advocacy and confidence isn't necessarily my strong suit. However, thanks to a solid group of amazing friends, a loving family, a bomb therapist, and my incredible new husband, (laughs) I am slowly learning to celebrate and love on myself. Now to my actual reason for the email. After being furloughed from my full-time job during the peak of the pandemic, I was faced with the reality that I had been directly connecting a huge chunk of my self-worth to my job rather than determining and focusing on my passion. While I have always loved the aesthetics and beauty industry, I didn't think there was a place for me. Um, my lack of confidence made me believe that following that passion and certainly the idea of developing a career out of it was well beyond my reach. Fast forward, my skin then began to completely freak out. She's dealt with acne her entire life, but something was different this time. She consulted an esthetician and after many, many hurdles, planning a living room COVID wedding, mounds of homework and COVID restrictions. Not only was I able to go back to my full-time job, I was able to work from home and study to become a licensed esthetician. I must say that although the science of skin is fascinating, it certainly has its challenges. On May 11th, I completed my state mandatory 600 program hours and officially graduated from aesthetic school. I will be taking the state board exams at the end of next month. Please keep me lifted and plan to eventually fully transition into aesthetics, the aesthetics beauty industry. Additionally, I took a leap and began sharing my own personal journey um, on Instagram. Thank you both so much for creating a, a space where someone like myself can feel confident celebrating their accomplishments. Y'all are truly loved and appreciated. And she shared a picture from her graduation ceremony. Gorgeous. Was, um, and she's a, she's stunning. Okay. So cute. We love to see this mask by your feet. We know that you okay. had it on. Um, <laughs> but yes, congratulations to you. And that is from Taylor Singleton. Um, congratulations to you. I'm going to check out your uh, IG page, Taylor, your glow. Um, yes. And... Yeah, we look forward to all of the amazing things that, that will come in the future, girl. Absolutely. T-A-Y-L-O-R, guys, for your, those who want to go check it out as well. Tell her your glow. Congratulations, boo. Oh, Dr. Commodore is back. And all she right, writes, Fee. <laughs> Hi, Jade and Kia. Hope you ladies are having a great day. We hope you are too, Felicia. I know you're about sick of me, never, but I'm back with round two of graduation announcements. We're going to call this the Delta edition. Just want to give a shout out to my line sister, Tuera Tuera Holland, who graduated with her master's in social work from the University of Pennsylvania. I've watched you be an amazing wife, mother, and advocate while pursuing this degree. I'm so proud of you and can't wait to see the impact you'll have on the world. My second shout out is to my line sister and soror, Yasmin Collins, who graduated from Westchester University with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. I can't believe that the little girl I knew has grown into such a smart, beautiful young woman. I've watched you navigate every challenge given to you with grace and fortitude. I'm proud of your accomplishment and proud to call you soror. Know that whatever you need and wherever you go, your Auntie Fee has your back. Love you, boo. Both of these women represent the excellence of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc., and I am grateful for them in my lives. Thank you, Jade and Kia, for all you do and for giving us a platform to celebrate each other. And I promise no more emails. LOL. <laughs> Love you, Felicia. Felicia, if niggas are graduating, we want you to tell us, okay? We're never <laughs> sick of you. But congratulations to, to Yasmin and also to Twera. For sure. Congratulations, ladies. 
Hello, Dr. Auntie Kia and Chef Auntie Jay. My name is Corey Rose, and I started listening shortly before graduating high school. And four years later, oh, wow, I'm blessed Aww. to say that I have just graduated from Florida Atlantic University with my Bachelor of Arts in Multimedia Journalism, double minors in Theater and Communication, and a Certificate in Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in the Workplace. During my time at FAU, I was the youngest radio station manager for our campus radio station, the first director of a play by a Black playwright, and an of an all-Black cast at our school, directed the first virtual theater event after the pandemic started, and the first in-person theater event when, re when restrictions allowed us to do so safely. I also became a copy editor for the Paradigm Press, the first Black student newspaper founded at a PWI in Florida. Outside the writing room, I was an outspoken activist for Black and LGBT students on my campus. In 2020, I founded the Black Undergraduate Theater Collective, and... This is by leading the charge and addressing issues of systemic racism on a hyper-local level, I was able to drive change and make the experience better for students I will never meet. Some of the professors I have had the misfortune of meeting and the heavy task of educating at this institution will simply never grow, learn, or change, but I am okay with that because I know I did all that God called me there to do. Shake the table, bust down the doors, and leave a model for what a well-executed original idea looks like in that department. As okay. a first-gen college student at a PWI. I had no one to model what academia looked like on the other side, except, oh, Dr. Auntie Aww. Kia, listening to y'all throughout these four years has given me a level of peace about the future that no one else my age seems to have. And I cannot thank y'all enough for it. Can't wait to have y'all in my ears as I study in the fall at the University of California, Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism. Oh. And that's from Corey Rose. Thank you, Corey. Thank Congratulations. With your beautiful skin. Oh my gosh. That was so that nice. That actually Thank made you, me emotional. The fact oh. that, first of all, I'm really upset that you were listening to this in high school. But <laughs> because what? <laughs> but also I love the fact that it carried you through like college. That's kind of crazy. I love that. Congratulations, Corey. All right. Our next announcement reads. Greetings and humble salutations. My name is Kevin from GGB West Chapter. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Back again to congratulate Cortland Starr for graduating with his doctorate in occupational therapy from University of St. Augustine in Florida. You turned the pandemic into the pandemic, and we are all oh. so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from you Kevin C. Williams. You people are hilarious. Okay. I, when I tell you I love y'all, like I love y'all. Go ahead, handsome young man. So precious, right? Okay. You better conquer the pandemic. Bands the band. <laughs> Not the pandemic, but the, the pandemic. Okay. <laughs> My nigga got them bands. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Auntie Jade and Auntie Kia. My name is Aferba Ashong, and I'm writing today to congratulate me and my law school bestie, uh, Ashlika. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I'm sorry. Ashlika Malcolm on graduating from Quinnipiac University School of Law on May 11th, 2021. It was a long time coming, but with many obstacles, including racism from professors and peers and surviving Zoom instruction for three semesters straight. But we were covered by God's grace and were able to walk across the stage. I could not have gotten through three years of law school without her and our study group. We are now studying for the bar exam held on July 27th and 28th. Prayers and positive thoughts are welcome and appreciated. I am confident that we will both pass and join the 2% of Black women lawyers in the United States. Ashlika, 
will be starting work as the assistant district attorney in New York in September. She's one of the good ones, I promise. I, on the other hand, am still looking for employment. Please pray for me. You got it, girl. I have been listening to this podcast since its inception. Thank you for providing an outlet and refuge for me over the years. Best Aferba Ashong, JD. Congratulations, Aferba. And congratulations to Ashlika. We will definitely be praying for you all as you study for your bar. And we know that wherever you belong is exactly where you will end up. So just keep working hard and the job that is for you will be yours. Absolutely. Congratulations, boo. Our next second to last announcement of the week reads... Hi, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. Love, love, love y'all, but we know y'all like to keep it short and cute, so I'll get to it. Ugh. Go off. Love you more for that. (laughs) I would like to shout out myself for graduating with my Master's of Science in Counselor Education from Florida International University in Miami, Florida. I just moved to Texas where I will be working towards my LPC to work as a therapist and hope to be applying for PhD programs in the near future. Dr. Kia, you have been such an inspiration to me over the years, showing Aww. me that I can pursue that PhD and still maintain my authenticity. Thank you, you for have all to. that you too. In service, Liv Gordon. And that's from Aww. that's from Liv. You better go ahead, Liv. Thank you, Liv. Congratulations. Um, and we want to say, this is the last one I'm going to read. This is the last one we're going to read this week, but uh, I, we love reading your emails and it's not that we don't want to read them all on oh, the absolutely. air, but you know, it's just that we have 30 of these to get through. So we're not able to, you know, read four page letters or things on, right. on the air. And it's not because we're not proud of you. We're literally just doing this in the interest of time, but, or that we're not interested in what you got to say. Cause we absolutely are, but key is, right. and we absolutely read them and we absolutely care that, that you all are sharing and writing these things to us. So I don't, I just wanted to kind of say that. Yes, um, thank you for putting that out there. No worries. Um, I the last one for this week. The subject line reads, the whole house graduated. <laughs> um, good afternoon, Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. First, I want to thank you for being my friends in my head through this uh, decade-long petunia. <laughs> Second, I want to congratulate my baby, starting with my oldest, DJ, who is graduating fifth grade and moving on to middle school. My twins, Philip and Dwayne, who are graduating from kindergarten. Last but not least, I want to shout out myself, Terry, or is it Thierry? I don't know, but um, for deciding last summer to finally finish my 14-year break from school and complete my bachelor's degree in business administration and management. I did it for my babies to give them a better life and more access to opportunities. Now I need to find a better job. Thank you again for being so open and allowing us to laugh and cry along with you over the years. Y'all are loved and appreciated. Thanks for everything. Terry. Thierry. Theory. I hope I'm saying it right. Theory. Is it theory? I actually thought this was Terry Theory at first. I'm not. I did too. Because I was like, "What is Terry Terry. emailing us for?" Um, but yeah, Uh, shout out to uh, Terry for graduating, completing her degree, and shout out to her kids. Absolutely. DJ and the twins. Philip and Dwayne. Philip and Dwayne. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, and we love y'all. We do. Graduation season. Is I say this every year, but I'm I really mean it. It is my favorite time of the year. Y'all know that you know uh, education is my jam, um, and it is something that I feel like. And it's not that I'm just saying every, everybody has to do what I did, but I just love when we um, find passion and mm-hmm. uh, you know 
go back to school and change careers and pursue um, purpose and all of these different ways. And um, all of these things just sort of bring me joy, you know, learning yeah. how folks are listening and graduating from high school and college and getting certificate programs and going to law school and becoming mm-hmm. doctors and, you know, and the possibilities and electricians yes. and the path, the possibilities are endless and we can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. We can do hard things like Facts. survive a, a, a panorama um, and, and earn degrees in the process. So congratulations to everyone. We only have a couple more. I think maybe one or two more times that we'll be reading graduation announcements. Yeah, so, so if you still have if you have some folks that you want to shout out or if you want to shout out yourself. Submit them uh, via email, gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com, and you know, we will get it done. We got two um, but, more weeks is what we yes. got. Congratulations to all of the graduates. We love you guys. Keep writing in. We'll keep yes. celebrating you and reading each and every email, Absolutely. even if we may not read it all, if it's a little <laughs> long. But we're going to read it, and we we're going to speak your name and tell you that we are proud of you because we are. Absolutely. Let's get to this kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Leaf Shave designs amazing razors for men and women who have problems shaving like ingrown hairs, irritation, and razor bumps. If you've ever thought about shaving with the safety razor, ditching plastic razors for metal ones, there is no better razor than the Leaf. The Leaf Razor is the world's first multi-blade pivoting head safety razor to make shaving plastic-free and actually easy. The Twig Razor is built for precision and tailor-made for tight places with a head half the size of a traditional safety razor. Leaf Shave is certified climate neutral, which means they offset their entire carbon footprint. And they have a blade recycling program to truly close the loop on a no-waste shave. Since the blades are 100% steel, they can be recycled as scrap metal. The best part? Safety razor blades cost pennies, so once you start shaving with Leaf, you'll spend a couple of dollars a year on blades for the rest of your shaving life. I don't know if you all understand um, the love that I have for sustainability and trying to do as much as we can to save Mother Earth. So I love the fact that Leaf Shave has a program in which we're able to recycle our razors. When I tell you it's a smooth shave, it's such an easy concept, I don't have any little nicks or bumps or anything like that. And I'm able to just swap things out super easily. Go to leafshave.com slash grown to use the code grown for 10% off your first order. That's leafshave.com slash grown or the code grown for 10% off your first order. Order, order, order. All right. We good? Everybody back? Okay. Fantastic. Praise the Lord, niggas, and welcome back. We are we are at the kitchen table today for a very important conversation that we uh, sort of gave y'all a brief on last week and promised that we would come back and cover it with a little bit more depth and substance. And we, we promised we would also share this space with one of my favorite people, a very special guest. Everybody, welcome to the kitchen table, Dr. Charles H.F. Davis. PhD. What's going on, people? It, it's the fourth, right? It's the fourth. It's the third. We're not. The it's fourth the third. Yet. It's the third. <laughs> okay. The third. Oh, that's yes. so esteemed. It's very esteemed. Look, very my esteemed. black parents wanted me to be able to get these jobs, baby. So they said that resume right. is fitting to read well. H M E on Third. Yes. I ain't mad at it. I but. live and breathe. Charles is currently assistant professor at Michigan State University of Another Michigan. One. 
Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. I was just talking. I think I said that because I was just talking to our colleague Leslie Gonzalez at at, at uh, mm-hmm. Michigan State. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, University of Michigan. Um, tell the people a little bit more about who you are, Charles. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. Um, I mean, you know, beyond all the posterity and bullshit, you know, I'm a third generation <laughs> black educator and creator, committed to the lives, love, and liberation of everyday black people. Uh, first and foremost, um, the day job is, you know, being a professor here at the University of Michigan, where my work broadly focuses on race, racism and resistance and education and society. Um, and more recently, I've been focusing on the implications of um, higher education institutions, so college and universities and campus policing on the lives of black people who live in proximity to those campuses. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm working on. Um, and generally just interested in activism, social movements, and the intersections of that for third world people across the globe. Yes, indeed. Charles and I met, we were at, at, uh, at, at BBQs and realized we were the most educated people at the table. <laughs> acting, acting so fun and ridiculous. You know, them summers in New York, Jade, like we, were having we started a good at one time down to the BBQ. Oh, yes. Wait, which location were you all at? We were in Harlem. We was at Harlem BBQs. Oh, you at Harlem BBQs. Yes. Oh, okay. It gets <laughs> On together. a good hot summer day. <laughs> and before good you know times. it, it was whatever time at night. It was so much fun. Yeah. You know, we turned into an after party. drinking big frozen drinks yes. and eating big wings. Big it wings wasn't until the after wing. party that we even yeah. had that discussion, right? Right. We went, we had an after party at Bobby's house. And we, and we had Popeyes and Punch. We all could be at Bobby's house. <laughs> Us <laughs> and in the shorts. And we all eat Popeyes at Bobby's house. Us in the shorts. We gonna be there. Yeah. yeah. Always. Shout out to Bobby. Hey, Peggy Bundy. Uh, miss we love you. you. Yes. Um, so, yes. Uh, ever since then, we we both have, have engaged, um, you know, kind of always hooked up and, and shown love at conferences and just kind of like out here doing this research stuff together. So, it's always... Always a joy to kick it with you, Charles, and wanted to welcome you back um, because, you know, <clears throat> honestly, we need to talk about uh, what's happening. Uh, I don't even know how, like, what's the appropriate way to sort of, like, acknowledge the land um, <laughs> because, you know, I've, you know, I think the, even talking about the Israeli-Palestinian um, conflict, I think, centers... Um, you know, Israeli, the Israeli perspective and, and puts it for foremost in the conversation in some really problematic ways. But there's a lot of unrest, there's genocide and, 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 and like a modern day apartheid happening over there. Um, and there's been lots of conversation and media coverage, and it's been hard to know what's true, what's not. Um, and so we wanted to kind of bring someone here on the on the show who we know has done due diligence around really illuminating the truth of the realities that that are going on there now and, you know, the histories that, that they're steeped in. So Charles was the first person that came to mind um, when it came to having this conversation, because even though this is kind of there's been an uptick of media coverage on this right now, mm-hmm. this is something that has been happening for, you know, the last hundred years or so. And um, Charles has been uh, talking about it before it was popular and trendy to do so. So I thought that it's our aim here to just sort of like make sure that we are all aware and knowledgeable and Mm -hmm. empowered with the truth when it comes to these very important issues, especially as, you know, people of color navigating white supremacy Mm -hmm. over here in the United States. It's important for us to understand how it exists globally. So Charles, 
if you could kind of give us kind of like a what the hell is going on over there for dummies <laughs> right quick and then yeah. we can kind of launch into a, a a more of a deeper dive into what's happening and then what that means for for people like us yeah i mean so you know often the question of systemic oppression is always like where do we start Mm-hmm. Right. And so I imagine the conversation that we are having here is not unlike conversations that were probably happening in other parts of the world as BLM and its formal iteration, right, came sort of into its understanding. And we know that to be true with regard to, at minimum, the extent to which those in Palestine have demonstrated solidarity with the folks in Ferguson, with the folks in mm-hmm. Baltimore. Right. And mm-hmm. thankfully, through the advent of social media, which allows for not only mass levels of communication to happen as like a one to many model, but that we get to engage with each other, right, and hold the larger media apparatus accountable, that we were able to see some of those images coming out of Gaza that recognize how these struggles were connected. And so in a similar fashion, if you only come into the conversation at Ferguson, right, mm-hmm. then you might misinterpret the longer history of state and state sanction violence against Black people in this country. I think mm-hmm. in a similar way, for many folks who have been now part of a broader, quote unquote, social justice conversation, see Palestine enter into it, not necessarily understanding its larger beginnings and therefore reifies this idea that it's simply a conflict between opposing sides. Mm-hmm. So as we think about that in the context of our country, easy parallels are able to be drawn. So simply what's been happening in Palestine now is that we're seeing particular uh, forms of militaristic violence by the state of Israel against what is otherwise understood to be the indigenous people of Palestine, right? right? And part of that is thinking about a longer colonial project in which the state of Israel not only is a part, but actually is a product of. And so in this case, for the land of Palestine, it has been a sort of puzzle piece within this larger architecture of how empires have functioned across history. And as an indigenous group, that land has always been considered valuable for its strategic location in the Middle East, okay? What's happening at at this juncture when we think about the current state of what Israel has become is it's much like any of its not only imperial allies in Europe and in the United States, but the um, beneficiary of those empires that supplied them with money, with weapons, with basically, you know, ascribing the rights to annex the land. Um, And so, the current nation state of Israel is one that's been propped up by these larger empires through this uh, military, I guess, industrial complex, more globally speaking, and is now exercising that military power with the support of folks like the United States, right, to continue mm-hmm. to uh, plunder and pillage and annex Palestinian land, which they have been on for centuries. That's kind of like base level what's been happening. Now, again, thinking about parallels, this is not unlike when white people came over from Europe, right? and colonized and settled this land that already had indigenous inhabitants, right? Literally the same thing. And part of the the sort of connective tissue, right, is like, well, where did those white folks come from? They came from Europe. And as we know, Palestine, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, became a colony of the British Empire. What happened subsequently following um, World War II is that because of the decline of the British Empire and the French Empire, and this is like around the globe, right? We know that Britain and France are among the largest colonizers in the history of the world. That the U.S. has also come sort of into its own and become sort of the largest superpower and the super colonizer, if you will, with interest now in the region. And so as Britain basically propped up the nation state of Israel in part to get Jews out of uh, those remaining post-Holocaust, right? Get them out of Europe, 
and those that were desired by a particular collection of Jews that were uh, supporting what we call political Zionism, right? That And Fred Moten talks about this in a conversation with Robin D.G. Kelly that's been circulating, that Israel in part only exists because of anti-Semitism and the desire to move Jews outside of Europe, right? And so when the appeal is being made for a homeland, a colony that's already in existence of a white superpower is then given to Right. In the same way that like we were thinking about our 40 acres and a mule here, it's like, well, whose land was that even to give? Right. Basically a very similar situation where a land that was not theirs to actually own a colonizer gave to another neo-colonizer in order for it to set up its nation state. Right. Um, and so, again, thinking about the relationship between how Europe both, you know, colonized and it was later, I guess, uh, through the Revolutionary War here, you know, emancipates itself from British rule um, in a very similar situation after the British prop up the Israeli state. They then also want to push Britain out, but need another superpower to support them in the ways that they have been able to grow into what it is now, right? And there's a lot of complication, a lot of nuance, some of which we'll get to talk about. But that's basically the gist of understanding Israel as a settler colonial nation, nation state that has done everything it can to dispossess its original inhabitants, being Palestinians, of their land and resources, in part to a larger strategic vision for global powers that are invested in resources that are located inside of that region. So I, I was reading, and thank you for clearing up the history of that and how long this has been going on, because like Kia said, social media exposes more of these things to us that we might not otherwise know, right? If this is not your work, somebody like myself may not know because that's not my community, so that's not how I'm engaged. So it's very important that we know the history of how this started and then also how this ties into us as a people and you know how it affects us and then also the uh, the parallels of how we deal with it as black people. I was reading recently an article uh, where they were talking about busting into the mosque, essentially, because the, the leader, uh, I forget who it is, wanted to give his speech. And so he wanted to shut down prayer time because it, it might impede on his speech. And so they busted into the mosque and shut everything down, which is highly disrespectful. Can you speak some more to some of the current things that uh, they're dealing with around the Sheikh Jarrah? Um, so again, like there's historical context. So one of these sort of clear demarcations with regard to what we see in this modern phase, or, or I guess most not modern in the academic sense, but like what we are living in this reality, uh, is grounded in a very specific instance, which is the Israeli Declaration of Independence, which is known as the Nakba, which happened on May 15th, 1948, right? And so what sort of follows immediately after that Declaration of Independence is the Arab-Israeli War. And that goes on for uh, almost a year. Um, and because, again, Israel's propped up by these other larger imperial powers, um, they're in a disproportionate advantage, right? And ultimately sort of, quote unquote, win the war um, and then annex the territories beyond the borders that were originally proposed for the specific Jewish state, right? So as a result of that, when we think about what this means um, – contextually, is that more than 750,000 Palestinians are displaced and or killed as a result, creating the largest still to date refugee population in the world, right? And part of this, and you hear about this a bit in the narrative of like when parts of Palestine are destroyed, too, is their history, right? There are olive trees that are still standing that are have lived longer in their existence in the state of Palestine. Mm -hmm. And so part of this work, as we understand with genocide generally speaking, which is exactly what's happening, right? Let's call it what it is. That it's not simply the genocide of people, although that should and can be prioritized, but also, as was happening in this country, a genocide of cultural memory, right? right? And erasing that history as if it never existed. And so when you look at the desire to not only 
bomb particular institutions, right, that are part of that cultural memory, which, of course, is a one that comes with a certain religious context, right? Um, and to be sure, there are Palestinians of all faith traditions, mm-hmm. but there's intent there, right? And beyond that, on those particular artifacts, like, they're bombing just where people live, right? They're bombing, like, people that are just in the streets, children that are just coming home from school. Um, they recently bombed, uh, as we know, um, media offices where Al Jazeera was located and had a number of artifacts, right, that had only through the critical level of investigative journalism become public or made public, which has been a very particular thing that all states do, right, is that they'll keep the history but keep it under lock and key to the point now where iterations of various journalists and scholars who have made plain what's really been going on, um, those uh, artifacts have since been destroyed and or held under lock and key so no one has access to. So again, these are things that have been happening for a longer period of time. Um, And the current iteration, again, thinking about 1948 as sort of the broad starting point, has any number of these instances that we can read about or hear about where hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of folks are being uh, directly affected. Um, And, you know, again, this creates a certain level of crisis with regard to where can one find a home if the home that I've always had is being annexed and colonized and I'm not able to be able to move freely within that space or within other borders because of the way that Palestine as itself a nation continues and fails to be recognized by those who have strategic interests in the region. And so to be super clear, it always boils down to like money. So these people are are legitimately doing all of this. Folks are getting bombed, cultural genocide, act, uh, you know, human life being destroyed because people are legitimately fighting over this land and this oil, correct? Or is the reason behind all of this is for land ownership? What is behind all of the destruction? So it's a, it's a number of factors, right? And so when we look at again, that this evolution, that the United States has a strategic investment in the Middle Eastern region. We know this because we live through the Gulf War. We had For family sure. members like my father's mm-hmm. in the military, right, that mm-hmm. lived through that. And as children, you don't know what it is, right? What do you do? Peace in the Middle East. Like, that's right. all we got, right? right? Um, don't know nothing about nothing. Right. And, you know, again, by hashtag doing the reading, what you realize is that because of the Cold War period, right, where we know that the United States and, you know, USSR, as it was known at the time, or Russia, right, mm-hmm. were competing for interests globally, that the location of the Middle East generally is a strategic region over which they need to have control, because if not, then Russia gains control and therefore creates a situation for the United States. Okay. So part of that has to do with its strategic location, which is why the land becomes important, but also the Middle East with regards to its resources, as it's found to be in the 50s, a place for oil, mm-hmm. right? And poppies and all these other things as natural resources become important to the global economy and it be able to own those resources, right? Like we can think about the way that the second Iraq war and Dick Cheney being vice president really driving the policy in part because of his financial investment in Halliburton, which is a company that does business there with regard to oil and many other Texas oil companies, right? That a lot of it does come down to this larger system of global capitalism mm-hmm. where you have lands that are considered valuable, right? That are stuck in between as are their people. This is not unlike the things that have happened for the longstanding history of colonization within the continent of Africa, which we know to be true as the most robust natural resources in the entire world. So it does in some ways fundamentally come down to this land, but this land has two primary services, both its strategic location in the region and the resources available as a result of what is in the region. And just the life that is there, the culture that is there is just sort of like a casualty of this war. Absolutely. Right. Like right. some people would say the only the only color I see is green. Right. right. But we know that green is ultimately like a proxy for anti-blackness. Right. For general like right. third world, um, you know, uh, disregard and so forth and so mm-hmm. on. And so 
in in many ways, and this is part of it, right? The the, the contemporary nation state is one that thrives only under a system of, of global capitalism. We know sure. that global capitalism is only functioning because of the exploitation of black and brown workers or the extraction of black and brown resources that we are not willing to pay for, as John Henry Clark would say. Right. So this is in fueling that conflict um, where the people are just basically discarded and considered bystanders, where some have suggested that what Israel has done in its contemporary formation is not necessarily with a specific animus or disregard for Palestinian people, in part because they don't see them as such. Exactly. Right? But two, it's doing whatever it can to compete as what's called a watchdog state in the region on behalf of larger Western imperial powers. Right. So it really is. it really just exemplifies the dehumanization of black life. And white supremacy Absolutely. as a global as a global force, right? And so Absolutely. I think I think it's important to sort of state that very very plainly and say it, especially yes. since there's been so much rhetoric and and conversation about anti blackness in the United States cultural context, uh, socio political context within the last year or so. We need to understand that these things are not limited to our you know, local immediate levels of awareness and knowledge. But this is, this is something that's happening across the world. Right. And black and black people, we know this we're global, right? Yeah. Like there ain't nowhere in the world that you can go where there ain't no black people. Right. And I think that partly is a, a part of the connection is understanding like there are black Palestinians and have been for a very, very long time because of, again, it's in the region, North Africa's right there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are black Palestinians who have and consistently lived in Palestine that are also subjugated to a variety of racism under the Israeli state, in addition to being Palestinian. This is kind of reiterating everything, but talk to me like you're talking to Jade <laughs> in, in, in layman's terms. Okay, real nigga talk. Let's say I am a person who doesn't understand anything that I've read or anything that I just heard. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just a black person out here trying to live in America and survive. Why does this issue affect me? I'm not asking that for Jade. I'm asking that for <laughs> niggas who might really ask that question. Yeah, I mean these these are all the niggas that we know, right? These are the niggas at the barbershop, mm-hmm. at the salon. This is my mama. This is my mama. This, this exactly. is all our mamas, right? Um, exactly. No, 100%. So like, why should I care? Right. So part of this is thinking about the notion of solidarity. One way to interpret solidarity is that whatever's happening to you is also happening to me and therefore we should be sharing, right? A sense of understanding that we are experiencing the same struggle. But this other part of solidarity is that what's happening to either of us shouldn't happen to anybody, Mm -hmm, right? Now, what that means in a material sense, on the day-to-day sense, is that the relationship between Israel and the United States has also brokered partnerships. Mm -hmm. The state of Georgia specifically has a law enforcement exchange program with the nation state of Israel where they learn suppressive, violent, brutalizing tactics that are enacted on Palestinians every day that are also enacted on black folks here in the United States, Right. right? And a lot of that is state-sponsored, right? These are formal delegations that are being brought as representatives or ambassadors, right? We see ambassadorship-style programs that have emerged under the Trump administration where these quote-unquote birthright trips that are being sort of, you know, told to Jewish youth as a thing they can and should take are now being sort of extended as like, you should go to Israel. And we see this with like everyday black people to some extent with regards to our celebrities who have been sort of, you know, coerced into like, oh, Israel and the United States have a positive relationship. So our athletes should go and take those trips, right. And become Mm -hmm. ambassadors that support this sort of nation state. And so Mm -hmm. we're also being fed the same level of propaganda by a sort of co-opting of the celebrities that we can recognize and see that are doing this to say, oh, it's not really that bad. We're also being fed a particular narrative by a media industrial complex that's highly invested 
in certain types of state propaganda, even though we may not see it as such in the way we see it in other nation states where it's like very clearly nationalized media, one singular message. But part of the lack of clarity is because these larger media organizations in many ways, right, are beholden to this larger set of foreign policies. And so we have to sort of recognize that like, yo, niggas is trying to pull the wool over our eyes, right? And this is why social media becomes such an important tool because you can cut out through yes. all of that in the same way as like, oh, CNN, you fucking up the narrative of what's happening in Ferguson. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to let that go down. So it's like, how do we talk to one another on a day-to-day? And organizers have been doing this literally for decades, right? right? The relationship between black folks, you know, to put it more specifically, extends at least into the early 60s and late 70s, right? When we talk about Malcolm X, that a lot of the work that he was doing when he visited the Middle East, Mm -hmm. right? And sort of come into his own understanding of Islam as something much bigger than the nation, situated his understanding of this larger global oppression that was happening. And so he was talking and has talked frequently toward the latter part of his life about what this like sort of global class revolution can and should look like because mm-hmm. what's happening to us is happening there. Um, we see this also with like the Black Panthers and Huey P. Newton talking about what that relationship looks like, right? So the struggles have always been inextricably linked, but mm-hmm. the media, right, the nation state will do everything it can to keep space between struggling peoples because they know if we get together, right, it's mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It's a force, mm-hmm. right. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that, Charles. To Jay's point around like, you know, why why it's important for me, for us as black people, for black people everywhere to really understand mm-hmm. what's going on around the world as it relates to black people. Are there things that, you know, we can do or should be doing aside from hashtag doing the reading and, and really being in, informed with the truth versus propaganda and some of the other media spins and, and, and things that are happening. Are, are there things that we can do to be supportive to black people in, in Gaza? Yeah. Um, I mean, so a big part of this is one understanding, again, the state of Israel is and was a project, right? It was a thing that was created and part of it in the, sort of function of Zionism is doing everything it can to ascribe legitimacy to that project. So part of our work as an effort of global solidarity is to actually help awareness and acknowledgement of that fact and separate out these conflations that have been made, which is partly the sort of telling the line of notion of how a criti- uh, how a criticism of Israel is not inherently anti-Semitic, although there are anti-Semitic critiques of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And part of doing the reading is to allow us to parse out that difference, to have that nuance and to know how to navigate that space so that people can sort of understand that like Zionism and the nation state of Israel as we know it is fundamentally a racialized political project, right? Um, And what Zionists had attempted to do is sort of ascribe that nation state identity to this larger ethno-racial religious identity of Jewish people all over in a way that would suggest that what Mm -hmm. they feel is rightfully theirs can and should not be criticized. And if it is, it is inherently anti-Semitic. So we have to pull back the veil of mm-hmm. all of that stuff, right? This sort of like shrouding of this atten- attention to try to protect oneself by, in so, in so many ways, leveraging like the goodwill and good faith of people that they say that they represent, right? right? By like misrepresenting the truth for their own privatized interest, right? And to be sure, like all, even the majority of those that are identified as Jews and ethnic Jews at that are not really a part of that narrative, which would, I think, right. massively include black folks, but include a lot of the folks who were actually disregarded by the Zionist state during the Holocaust. Period. Like, they were actually negotiations where they were like, nah, we don't want them, but you can send these other folks, right. many of whom included family members that were a part of what would later become the leadership of the, of the, of the group. Um, and so, um, 
in terms of what we can do, part of it is that we need to share this information with one another so that we mm -hmm. understand exactly what's going on. Two, we need to contest at any point at which people that are in our you know sort of circles of influence, when we have platforms mm -hmm. like this, um, this uh, this misrepresentation and misunderstanding, because we're banking on folks being uninformed, right? Because right. this is how empires work. Right. Um, right. In the same way, we were needing to do the things about what's going on with the COVID nineteen vaccine, right? And like doing the reading, finding out the science, and sharing with our people who need to be protected and are disproportionately impacted why this is important in the same way we need to talk about why voting in elections, whether we fully believe in the political system here is important, right? It's the same sort of exercise of political okay. education, which is the work that a lot of movements do. Right. So what I would say is in addition to that is not just thinking on an individual level, what I need to do, but who do I need to be in community with? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that is a, goes a large way because if we can convince the most marginalized of the world that what's happening in Palestine is actually okay, then the work of imperialism is continuing to work not only against the people that are being subjugated, but also against us. Because again, if they're doing it to Palestine today, they damn sure gonna do it to us tomorrow and have done to us what they did there yesterday, if that yeah, makes sense, right? right? So yes, I think the work absolutely. that we have to think about, which is, you know, again, thinking about these spaces and platforms that are not formalized educational institutions as opportunities to get people on the same political page. For sure. What are some of the resources that people can look to to find more accurate information if they want to learn a little bit more and read a little bit more into this? And with so much misinformation out there, where are some, some reputable resources that they can look to? Yeah, um, so that's a, that's a great uh, question. So I think one, um, the IMEU um, is a important sort of place to start. And so the IMEU is the Institute for Middle East Understanding. They do a lot of really important critical work um, that's mm -hmm. at the grassroots level of mm -hmm. what's happening, right? It's not state-sanctioned propaganda machine that's getting out. It's like from people to, you know, apparatus to a larger set of people. Um, and in any situation, right, you always defer to who's on the ground and who has most close proximity to what's taking place. Absolutely. So I would say we should be cautionary about anything coming from U.S. media, Right. With maybe minor exception of places like Democracy Now and things that are like in the more public sphere about the reporting that's happening. Right. You also should go to um, Haymarket Books, which is a publisher of really important political works. And they have a series of texts that will give you a clear sense of uh, what's happening. Um, a really great book is uh, Palestine, A Socialist Introduction, uh, mm -hmm. which gives both the history and the contemporary realities of what's happening. Um, so you can do all of those readings. Um, there are a number of voices that have been public about these issues. For us as black folks, Mark Lamont Hill is probably one of the leading folks who's thinking and talking and writing about this um, in his work. And so I think that's really important. But also, like, again, Angela Davis is someone who's talked about this for a very long time. It's evident in the text, some of which Haymarket has printed, um, and political leaders who, uh, political and movement leaders who are also recognizing where these relationships are. And so when we think about that for like our generation, right? That's the Philip Agnews, Aja Monet, Charlene Carruthers, Patrice Cullors, mm -hmm. uh, Sherelle Brown, like people who actually threw the work of Dream Defenders, who are like the homies that actually put me on, um, shout out Ahmed and Dream Defenders, um, that took multiple delegations of black leaders here to Palestine to understand those relationships. And those people are all being vocal right now. So again, it's being like discerning and thoughtful about who you listen to and who you believe, which we understand as a black community, we'd be selective about, you know, who to believe in certain situations and where we're invested. As we should. As we should. As we should. <laughs> as we should. But, it, but you know, like in the sense where niggas be on like, oh, the system right. is broken, except for when it works, when it's right. in like a particular direction, mm -hmm. right? Different conversation, different day. But I think those are kind of like some of the leading voices who are talking about this in a way that's critical, that's thoughtful and really putting... I think language to the things that are misrepresented or misunderstood by us as a community. 
I think that's Thank so clutch. That's so clutch because ignorance really does fuel the fire of imperialism. <laughs> like Absolutely. it is literally, Absolutely. they are banking on us not knowing and not caring about what's happening globally because this is a, a global monster that we need to be vigilant about, about combating. And if we don't, we have to understand how big it is so that we'll know how hard we have to work to dismantle it. Absolutely. Do you think, and I mean, just, just sort of, I'll say personally, just after the year that we've had, it's very easy mm-hmm. to kind of get discouraged and overwhelmed. Like, dang, like, this is like, it just, it seems like it just keeps getting just more and more yeah. awful. Are there things that you do to sort of remain engaged to, and to take care of yourself, to keep yourself energized, mm-hmm. to keep educating and amplifying, you know, the truth? Charles, what are, what are some of the things that you do to keep, keep your momentum? Yeah, that's such a hard question to answer. Because we'd all, we the niggas that be like, self-care, self-care, but don't be taking care of ourselves whatsoever. All the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Right? Every um, day. I mean, <laughs> shit. Uh, but I think part of the reality, so, I mean, and, and Kia, you especially understand this, but I think all of us understand this just as black people who are, you know, conscious of a certain degree, and as Baldwin would say, almost in a rage all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it for me is knowing when not to engage personally. Mm-hmm taking a step back. And I used to think that I had to say something about everything because of what was expected of me or like my own intellectual ego of wanting to take up space and being like, you know, the well-read black person. And in this particular moment, I realized how exhausting it is, not just in doing that, but I've got to teach about this, you know, during the week. I've got to write about this in my research. I've got to have these conversations with, you know, random white people that show up in my mentions. I have to also then engage with this with folks that are in my immediate proximity who just be like, oh, doc, and you know, if you got a black, if you black and you got a PhD, you know everything about everything to most other black people. We will consult you for legal advice, right? Like, it, you just the smartest nigga that I know, like, oh God, right? Yeah. And it's like, nah, nah, baby, I know a little bit, you know, about, in this one about little area, this much, right? Yeah. Um, and so, part of that for me is this utter exhaustion of when anything happens, or even when anything is not happening, being almost all consumed by understanding and thinking through how oppression functions and how we engage in resistance to that oppression. Um, So that for me is a struggle because any place that some people find reprieve often is not the space for me. Um, But that being said, I've had to be really intentional in a way that I haven't had to be with other things in life when I think about joy and when I think about hope. And, you know, as the saying goes, hope is a discipline, right? Joy is a discipline. It is a thing that you have to engage in on a regular basis and develop a certain habit of mind and a way of being that makes it almost as inextricably linked to your personhood and your humanity as does fighting for it. Mm -hmm. And that is partly a challenge because as marginalized people, we have not been given the privilege to stand in our power. And so when we're in positions of power, we often use it in the same way it was used against us. Um, And so I say all of that to say is that it, to some extent, joy, hope, replenishment, healing are choices that we make, mm-hmm. but we are influenced by the things that are happening around us to the extent that we make those choices. But sometimes you have to choose that anyway. And I want to sort of trouble this notion of that we can do it by ourselves because the idea of self-care in my mind is also evidenced in the way that white supremacy thinks about individualization mm-hmm. or individualism generally. Like we are a collective people. We doing collective shit right now. The best things that we do are in collections. Right. Right. Um, you know, like new edition is just better than any individual by themselves. Truth yeah. be told as a collective. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> Individually, they did some things, but, you right. know, it ain't nothing like bringing them all together. Um, and so I think we have to consider what collective sense of joy, collective sense of healing, collective sense of 
hope really means. And that for me is where I find it the most. And so in so, as someone who's been doing organizing work for you know a decent amount of time, I have found the most joy, healing, and hope with the people that I organize with, yeah. right? Because people only see in some ways like what happens and makes the news, right? The march or the protest mm-hmm. or the demonstration. Um, they don't see like when we're just sitting around talking shit, laughing, you know, exchanging stories. They don't see when we are like creating and engaging in cultural production together, right? And like mm-hmm. making music, right? They don't see all of these things that restore our investment in humanity because we see the humanity in each other. And so right. for me in this moment as someone who like is a new transplant to Michigan, we only got here in September, you know, more or less, I don't have no people here. You know, I've got mm-hmm. like one homegirl that I was in grad school with who's on the faculty here, some other folks that are sort of like at a distant touch points because we've never met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, and this is always just a big thing about how we think about systemic oppression, which I want to sort of make as a, as a footnote to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. We can't do shit by caring about everything that's happening somewhere else and not give a shit about what's happening right here internally. Period. And partly what I mean by that is that, you know, I judge people's politics based on how they treat the people in their proximity. Don't stand on no stage and tell me that you care about black folks and the black folks in your family and in your life you don't do right by. Especially black women, especially black queer folks, black folks with disabilities. Like, you got to actually do that shit. And so when we think about joy and healing, for me in this moment where, like, my people are very much stretched out across the globe, right? And in so many ways, they're not where we currently live. That means my immediate family, which is my wife and our daughter, Right. And so in this working from home moment, it's so interesting, um, which is a short anecdote. When we first moved here, we were thankfully able to buy our first house because we lived in L.A. So ain't nobody buying nothing, you know, (laughs) except for something at Ralph's and driving by a bunch of nice shit that you can't afford. So we moved to Michigan. We're like, oh, we got an opportunity here. So when we moved in, you know, there's obviously some stuff we wanted to do. But there was a door on the front part of what is now my office. There was no door on the back part that just opened to the kitchen. So, you know, I'm sitting here trying to zoom. We got like a six month old at the time she don't go fuck about nobody's zoom about what you doing <laughs> so right she got to watch her you know word party or whatever um in the living room and so all of that sound is transmitting and in a different less mature uh more sacrificial version of myself that kind of stuff would really bother me right and you understand like as an academic here right like you so used as grad student you get your little seven hours in the library you don't have to see nobody talk to nobody plug in do what you need to do um right like you got babies uh they don't care about none of that right uh jade i saw i saw i saw some very motherly gestures coming through on somebody being on the other side i was like i know i know what that is so anyway part of me had to accept the possibility that that actually is more important than whatever the fuck i got going on yeah right and the universe does so in a way that when you need it the most, it's right there, right? So when I'm getting off these long Zooms talking about this oppressive shit all day, right? And baby girl's like just trying to eat her food, right? And just says something hilarious in her own mind or just laughs mm-hmm. and giggles, right? Or just like <laughs> says, oh, daddy, and like gives me a hug now or whatever. Like these are all things that humanize me in a way that the world has tried to separate me from that really gives me the joy and hope I need to move forward. And so much of the work that I'm doing now, especially as I've done, you know, related to like gender and masculinities for black folks, um, has to be in service with the notion, not of my daughter as someone who will have a male partner. We don't know that. But knowing that as a black girl and eventually a black woman, right, the world will treat her in a particular way. And that treatment will especially come at the other hands of black men. So all of that for me is this constant recurrence of like, what are you going to do and do right by your daughter Right. And by your wife, if you say you stand with black women, 
right? Because mm-hmm. we done seen all these reckless ass niggas who got these black wives <laughs> giving relationship advice, doing all kinds of just ridiculous shit, right? You know, and it's like, well, I don't want to be in that vein for sure, but I don't want nobody, none of my brothers to be in that vein. Um, and so again, thinking about like what healing means, it's the things that humanize us. It's the things that make us recognize and see the fullness of our humanity. And that is in our relationships, which is why organizing is fundamentally a deeply relational practice. It's about being in right relationship and community with everyday black people. And so I make no mistakes that because I'm at this fancy ass white school with these fancy three letters at the end of my name and all these other motherfucking names in between. Right. (laughs) Who I am. But more importantly, to whom I belong. You feel me? Yes. And that for me means that whenever this shit burns down, you know, figuratively Mm -hmm. or literally, I know I got somewhere to go. A lot right. of these Negroes don't. And we done been in these spaces, in these circles with a lot of them that have created so much distance between themselves and our communities that if and when those things fall and their black asses are discarded and disposed of, they ain't got nowhere to go and nowhere to be because right. they ain't been in community and in relationship with nobody else, right? So it all boils down to me about being in right relationship and in community with people in your proximity because that's who's going to take care of us. That's going to take care of you. Um, and without that, I don't know how you could be hopeful, right? It's easy to be in despair when you're living in isolation. And that's much yeah. of what sort of colonialism generally, right? Or neo and settler colonialism as we see in this state, the gentrification of our neighborhoods, right? Like these literal cultural artifacts of places like DC, right? Like Mm -hmm. Philly, like St. Louis, like LA, you know, even in Compton, right? (laughs) Brooklyn, especially (laughs) Brooklyn. Shout out Brooklyn. Um, That's actually where I met my my wife. Um, Like all of these places are doing what they can to separate and destabilize our communities where it's really hard to find hope right into care and especially in this moment where perpetual grief is such a real thing you know so i think it all comes back down to like you know who are you to some extent but whose are you right or the old adage like who you with more importantly who's with you Mm -hmm. that's so Mm -hmm. key so i I say it often like you know and people and i think we take it for granted and especially uh we're, we're socialized to isolate or we're socialized to my like miser things like i even think you know as, as an academic, you know, we're all socialized to believe that, that we're all chasing one carrot. There's one spot for one of us. And so that, that fosters this sense of c- competition where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I got to compete with Charles. I can't work with him because I'm fighting for where he is. And I think mm-hmm. we have to be diligent about as black people to, to resist that. And I think that, um, because I, I, I really believe that our superpower, and I say this all the time, like team type of fast stuff, but I think our superpowers are activated in community. And that's Absolutely. why, like, you know, there's no, I, that's why I'm so, 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 I'm so resistant to that mess, like to, to that mess, that competitive, competitive, petty, stupid mess that happens. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I speak to everybody, I think, because I, I, there's, we are all so much better together. And I'm so glad that you, that you said that because, you know, being overwhelmed, it's easy to just sort of like, you know, bury yourself in this little hole and sort of be mad at the world. But, you know, we really have to be diligent about not only prioritizing our joy, but making sure that it's really cultivated um, in community connection, relationship mm-hmm. to the people that are around us, because it's mutually beneficial. Like we feed each other, we sustain Literally. each other. We, yeah, like, so there's this whole, and I mean, I'm over here, in uh in Maryland by myself struggling fighting these white people every day and I mean seeing Charles's daughter on my on my stories I tell him all the time that she is such a gift and I mean I, I'm not being like you know flippant when I say that but like seeing her on the story like cracking up like it don't take much to just send her into a good belly laugh I love it <laughs> I just, I love the it. deepest belly I just, laugh 
She just she just entertains herself. So like when you share those little moments of her, like you know, fucking up her avocado for breakfast and you having the time of her life, it yes. girl, <laughs> she ain't paying us no mind. <laughs> She'd be oh, having a whole conversation with, with herself. I want to see the baby. I mean, she is just <laughs> Look, so good. I, I know why you're here. Like, people don't even call for us no more. They're like, where's freedom? I'm like, you excuse know, me. I know that. You know, I know that for the last eight years, I've not existed. I just want you to know. No, like, we, we take messages and order food. Like, that's all we do. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. I mean, and, uh, and facilitate FaceTime. Yes, sure. facilitate FaceTime. I've had many of face. We have another niece, my uh, sister-in-law's daughter. Um... And she'll call just for freedom because she, her grandfather got her <laughs> iPad. And so she'll just call just for freedom. And, she, and we're like, oh, she's sleeping. She's like, okay, bye. I'm like, damn, Katie, can we like talk to you? Hi. My niece Charlie does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, freedom. Oh, my God. I don't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. Freedom. Hey, sweetness. Hi. Hi, sweetness. Don't be now. What you doing? So good. But yes, we you wanted to. We were. Because you are just a gift that keeps on giving. And I'm just grateful. You know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for to, to have access to, uh, you know, all of this. Like, not just, you know, and Charles is my friend. He's my, he's my brother in this scholarship stuff. And it's not just, you know, the fact that we get to share space and think together and sort of like do all of this great work. But the fact that, you know, we get to talk about real life stuff together and I get to watch him, you know, build his family and sort of, you know, the, all these, all of these things is, are, are um, the basis of kind of like what keeps us all going. So that's why I asked that. Like, you know, I just, oh, I wanted thousand us to. Percent. I mean, we, we neither of us would be here without each other for show. Period. We don't have these. I mean, Jade, you might as well just pull up to the next conference and, and come through. <laughs> oh no, I'm coming. Let me. I'm me. I'm, I'm very serious. Nigga. I'm no, very no, serious. I'm like, very like, like on a regular basis, it'll be all of us and like one of our niggas that we just bring. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh yeah, this Gerald. I told he just Kia, let me come. I said, let Gerald. me come hang with the smart. Look, you need to go on these yeah. journeys with us. We any conference we go to, we will find fried chicken. First of all, that's like order of business number we one. We're gonna make a pilgrimage. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're gonna sing <laughs> Negro spirituals on the way. Listen. And we, we walk. Go back to we don't my kind we of do. We walk to the Publix and get us some chicken. That's and, it. And, and, and we just download and upload. Like yes. And and again, well, like I'll that's the thing. The that's the thing that keeps us together. You know, regardless of like whenever we finish differently and came into programs differently. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what it's been. And that was even the, like from the moment we found out. Not only were we both academics, but like we in the same field, nigga. I was like, you oh yeah, we good. Like, thing. oh yeah, my homegirls <laughs> gonna be in your program. You're like, oh yeah, I already know her. Cool. And then like generations of black women as well. Um, I actually right. quote unquote lost a graduate student to Maryland um, this cycle. Um, in part because, yeah, she was deciding between Maryland and Michigan. Um, and again, thinking about, you know, all the things that we've discussed, I told homegirl, I was like, girl, you better go to Maryland. Like, I know we got this money, but they got community. Yeah. Like, you, and Maryland I is know, a super, super producer of black women. Uh, it is. I was like, we don't have not Nan. PhDs. We ain't got Nan black woman faculty in our whole program, girl. Like, go do you beef fed oh. like i if you need a fellowship over the summer whatever i got you but go where you can be full as a human being right like and that's literally just because of how the community functions um that we literally retain each other and i even tell my students that you know there's this power differential often in these classrooms and i always tell like my students of color generally and my black students specifically 
Like it's our job to make sure we both make it through this. And every semester that y'all come into my classroom is another reason for me to stay. Cause if it's with all this other shit that they ask us to deal with right on either mm-hmm. side, there ain't no reason for us to be here. And to be honest, like I didn't know nothing about what a PhD really did. Really? Right. Mean, I got right? in the game because I was like, Oh, I want to be what I did not have for most of my undergraduate career generally. Um, mm-hmm. And even for graduate school, I want to be that resource, you know, that students can come, you know, just do whatever they need to do. If they're far away from home, they just need resources. They need family or whatever. That's why I got into the game. I don't know about no knowledge production, <laughs> right? I don't know about know none of that right. stuff. Um, you know, I was just like, oh, like this seems like a way that I can do work that matters as an educator generally, but I know nothing about what they were asking. Um, and really that's it. Like, that's the thing that feeds me every day are those light bulbs going on and off, right? Those like stories that we can share about cultural histories that are similar, having people from the same place, pointing each other where the black Mm -hmm. shit is in this new town that we just moved into, right? Like the way we take care of one another. Um, and that again, extends from those with whom we're in the most proximity to those at the furthest. But if we don't exercise it here first, right? If you don't exercise it at home, it ain't got no legitimacy anywhere else. And that's what we're seeing. Right. Is like the sort of illegitimacy of everything that people have been doing because we've been invested in white supremacy. We've been invested in capitalism. We've been invested in misogyny, shit that ain't never worked for us as a community. Yeah. And that's why people continue to lose. Talk that well shit. Said. We need you to come back because I need you to come talk to these niggas about it. You touched on it, but I want you to come back and talk about this misogyny Ooh. and oh, all of that in the black community. We need to hear from a black so, man about so this. So there's an organization called Black Men Build that I'm affiliated with, partly started by some of the homies out of Dream Defenders, but also like really dope ass niggas like Tef Poe in St. Louis and a lot of other sort of places that are building. Um, and they have a magazine, Wartime, which any political organization needs to have a publication. Well, the next issue of Wartime that is dropping, I actually have a piece in there uh, that says, you know, basically the amount of what is misogyny and why black men need to stop calling black women females. Um, and so it's mm. a like, very just sort of brief piece um, that just kind of gets into the particulars um, of that, because again, as an organization of men, what does it mean to hold each other accountable for th- reimagining and rethinking how it is that we interpret manhood and masculinity and mostly in proximity, right, to not just uh, women and femme identified folks, but also to our own relationship to femininity. Like, and that's the shit that honestly is the most important part of my work because people, you know, sort of magnify the white supremacy sort of pieces and resistance to that. Mm-hmm. But I think most importantly about racial solidarity is only as good and as consistent as our ability to undermine and disrupt the things that tear that to shreds, which always has been the way that misogyny operates within the black community, right? We look at movements and we see that many of their downfalls are, yes, white supremacy in the United States government, but also the extent to which male charismatic leaders have engaged in so many different types of behaviors that have been violent towards those who have propped up their institutions, right? This is the black church. Mm -hmm. This is the NOI and the fallout with Malcolm, right? There's so many different other organizations that if we ever want to get anywhere as a people, it will only come to the extent that male charismatic leaders take a step back Right. That men generally in these political spaces do not continue to engage in harm against women, against femme identified folks, against trans women, especially. Um, And we have to really talk Mm -hmm. about that because it's cool that you could be like, fuck the man. Like, I'm down for that. But you also like fuck our sisters. And that's just not tight. Right. You call in, you know, men who identify and perform their gender in a particular way, right? All these derogatory terms that we were also called when we sort of didn't convene. And we got to have that conversation. So whenever y'all ready to have me back, I would love to come. Yeah, table that because we're having a part two with Dr. Charles. Put a pin in it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. We are definitely I appreciate that. Okay, so right before you leave, I have one last thing. Yeah. On a, on a, on a. No doctor, just Charles. <laughs> Doctors for white people. Right now. I want to make that real yeah. clear. 
Like, if you black, okay, you don't have to call okay. me doctor. But if you white, <laughs> that's the real put some respect that's on the, it. Oh, no, I'm all about people. Put respect on these niggas' names. They went to school for <laughs> for uh, 12 years, okay? It is time It's time for people. Well, do, do like a black person. Baby. Like, downgrade my shit and call me Dr. Charles. Don't call me Dr. Davis. Because, you know, the title first oh, name no. is our shit. <laughs> Yes. We'll call you Dr. Charles. But right now we're talking to Charles Real Nigga. Real Nigga. Uh, M-D-E-D, P-H-D, all that, all that. So <laughs> what's on a Charles playlist? Give me five of your favorite songs. Ooh, shit. Man, that's tough because I actually make playlists for my classes. So um, Optimistic, Sounds of Blackness, Always. Oh, my gosh. And Nesby. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the queen. Look, that's 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 the jam. You want to be in a good ass mood. I mean, um, you just want to lift your spirit. I mean, since we're ending on a joyous note, right? Optimistic, um, lovely day, Bill Withers for show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, let me see, let me see. Oh man! Right now, I got to go with. Uh, Silk Sonic, leave the door open. That's my jam. That's Freedom's jam. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's just, yes. It's just something about that feel good. You know, a cut. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. A go to cut. sleep so me and your mama can hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is go to sleep so we can hang out. Right. Right. We got to um, smoke our funny cigarettes. Exactly. Exactly. So that's definitely on, in the rotation right now. Um, okay, you got one more. Damn, one more. You think it's too yeah. hard. I, I know, know but are. that's that's what we do. True. You already know that. <laughs> it is. I know. It is. True. It's true. like, well, what do you mean by music? Exactly. What do you mean? Define favorite. Like, if you open up your title right now, you're like, I just want to hear a song. What you going to put in there? What's your old uh, faithful? Old faithful. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, can I pick two? It's kind of the same. Yes. yes please yes. do. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go with Bobby Caldwell, Open Your Eyes, Into Common, The Light. Oh, okay. 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 So I'm going to hit <laughs> Those you. Those are like. First, you got to see my baby's playlist. She got it so good. I didn't put the well, samples on and mixed it in Charles. there. I, I got you. I got you. Share but that. I love okay. samples. I love samples. So that's going to be my last one. Bobby Caldwell, Same. Open Your Eyes, Into Common, The Light. Okay. So if you love samples... So this was me and Noah's drive to school playlist before pandemic. There is a playlist on Spotify called um, Everybody Loves the Sunshine Playlist. (laughs) And it's got all the old songs, but that they've sampled in like different rap songs. Mm. So it's got all your James Brown on it. It's got your Isaac Hayes. It's got your Roy Ayers. And when I tell you now mama loves... uh, Smiling faces. <laughs> She's singing that about niggas stabbing her in the back. Mm-hmm. She's singing about the big payback. Like, all that shit. This is what the seven-year-old sings because we love it. It was our ride playlist. That's Play it. for baby girl. Teach the babies. Aww. You got to indoctrinate them the into this tradition so they know. Because I don't like when people don't know the original because I'm that type of old nigga now. I will shake my fist and wag. <laughs> like, the disrespect. <laughs> Charles, thank you so, so, so much. You are such a joy. Thank y'all, man. This was a blessing. I just appreciate the opportunity, especially to be in community with just dope-ass black women. So anytime y'all have me, I will come. Just call or text. 
or whatever. I'm sorry we couldn't yeah. do it last week, but you know how the no babies problem. be. Yeah. But appreciate y'all making that, uh, totally understandable. that that supportive decision. I won't call it accommodation, but y'all y'all held me down, so I'm gonna hold y'all down wherever I can. Thank you, we Charles. We can't wait to see you again. It's always indeed, a pleasure. Indeed. And I need you to schnook up. I need you to just kiss all on those yes, jaws, those best. cheeks, that neck for freedom for me, please. <laughs> all of them. Say, all of them. All the best to book Brooke and Freedom. Much respect yes, to you and, and your Brooke family. And as well. And um, absolutely. absolutely, we love you here at the kitchen table. You always welcome anytime. Yes, absolutely. Love to the whole family. We'll see you next time, Charles. Love to y'all. Appreciate y'all. 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 Planned Parenthood asked me to show someone how I see them. Like, really see them. So this ad is dedicated to none other than you, sis. The jade of all jades. I see the way you care and and do um, all of the all of the intentional ways that you try to connect with people and try to, um, you know, sort of, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're not at all pretentious. You're very authentic. Um, and you just, you want, you're not even impressed with people's accomplishments or who they are. You celebrate people, but it's like, you know, you just, you just want to, you just want like, you know, folks to feel at home. And to feel like, you know, you see them as people, you want to know what they're interested in, their favorite color, what they what they like to put on their chicken wings. <laughs> you want to know what they listening to on, you know, what are their favorite songs. And I think it's because you want people to feel comfortable, like they can be their true authentic selves around you. And the way that you celebrate and affirm everyone um, from a genuine place is something that I always, always have admired and appreciated about you. Oh, sis. Um, <laughs> I feel very lucky that I get to see you, the real you, uh, every week on this stinking show. And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, you have to say some nice stuff about me right now. Like, I know that's genuine. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is. And I'm actually very grateful because I feel like you actually are seeing me. So I I received that. Planned Parenthood sees you and truly sees you not as patients, but as people deserving of understanding and compassionate quality health care and education. And they understand the importance of having access to that care so you can define exactly where you're going. Visit BeSeen.org to learn more about how Planned Parenthood is here to see you become who you will be. That's BeSeen.org. Honestly, truly. All right, let's go ahead and dig into this honesty box real quick. You want to give our listener pseudonym a she, her, I believe. Um, Let's call her Sparkle. Sparkle! <laughs> you better be careful. Hello, ladies. <laughs> First off, thank you for the important work that you do. New to the show, and I'm already addicted. Oh, Sparkle. Aww, I have hey. a 34-year-old, 180-pound problem. My boyfriend. Oh, oh hell. Oof. We've been dating for three years now, and the relationship doesn't seem to be going anywhere. The biggest issue I have with him is his lack of ambition and goals in life. He's currently unemployed and is happy with that. He lives with his parents. He's also happy with that. He wasn't like this in the beginning of the relationship. He had a job in his own place at first, but he quit his job because he didn't like his boss with no backup plan. He's slowly starting to show his true colors. I'm completely opposite. I'm 27, great career in IT, on a board of directors, have my own place, building my first house, and tons of goals for this thing we call life. I'm very strong and independent, and he knows that. I presented my problems with him and even offered to help him on the job hunt, but he called me shallow 
and for asking him to get a job in his own place. Am I tripping? Thanks for your help. Sparkle. Sparkle. Oh, also, a.k.a. a fed up queen. Okay, Sparkle, the fed up queen. Yeah. Um. Are you tripping? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you are not tripping. Nah, girl. Um. And I mean, I think you just listed out all of the reasons why you are not tripping. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think at the very least, you know, there's nothing wrong. It doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be devastating. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't even have to be complex or complicated. Uh, it could be that at one point you and this person connected and were compatible. Yep. And now you are not. Mm -hmm. And um, if you said the first thing you said that you don't think this relationship is going anywhere. And I was like, well, why are we reading this email? <laughs> so, so, uh, so, um, you know, I'm saying that to say, if you don't think the relationship is going anywhere and you wanted to go somewhere, then you're not tripping. And it's, it's your responsibility to do what you want to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to, if you, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Like it's your, like, this is if this if this is not what you want, um, don't invest energy and time into trying to change a situation. You presented to him um what your feelings were, you offered to help him. He wasn't ready to receive that. And it doesn't even have to be any more conversation. It can be like, okay, well, um, you know, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm headed, this is what I would like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it doesn't make you shallow, it makes you um it makes you sure of what, what you want. Um, and you would be shallow if you were to continue to date him and, and use his money and resources and, and, and time. And you had no interest in him as a person or wanted to help him. You would complete, if you would use him for what he offers, um, you know, while not really being truly invested in the situation, I think that would make you shallow. I think you're allowed as a woman to want what you want. You're allowed as a woman to change your mind when you get new information. And you got some new information. Child. <laughs> so very long way of, of saying, as I said very in the beginning, are you tripping? No, you're not tripping. Um, Ain't no 34-year-old nigga about to be living up in my house who has the option of working and chooses not to. That's just my house. Are, are you tripping? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. Yeah, no, sister. It sounds like you can do great all by yourself. Um, not telling you what to do, but that just sounds like dead weight. And uh, yeah, like silver fat on beef. Like it's just useless. Um, and so I'm, maybe, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. Or, in, or was at some point in you all's relationship, you wouldn't have got with him otherwise. Uh, but now you're building houses and like doing shit. And this nigga is like, I know I don't want to do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, and I that's no shade, it. right? You just want right. different things. Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. have to be like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be any heat or any judgment. No, You want to be in partnership and connected to somebody who wants what you, what you want. Um, and not saying that, you know what I'm saying? Not not saying like specifically, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not saying that people who are together or only get together because they agree on, on these kinds of things. But I think if you are together and your your goal for the relationship is mutual, 
then that's a sign that you keep trying. But if you learn that this person doesn't want to be, um, have, have goals or aspirations or have or share those goals and aspirations the way that you do. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, okay, we, we want different things and it's no shade. Like it don't have to be F you and your mama. It could just be like, we want different things. Yeah. And I see you, I see you at Fridays at happy hour and we'll speak and it'll be fine. Period. Or maybe How I you won't because you don't have a job to pay for your chicken tenders, <laughs> but regardless, like I wish you well. So <laughs> I wish you well. I wish and you tell well. your mama say, Hey, <laughs> And let me tell you, don't let that nigga project onto you and make you feel yeah. like you're shallow because you're not. Let's just, I don't mm-hmm. want you internalizing that. You are not shallow. Oh, Lord. I can even understand if a nigga said, I want to work at Wendy's for the rest of my life because I just get a pure joy out of making Frosties. I would never yeah. shade that. You do, you get a, a sincere joy from making Frosties. The nigga, you better swirl each fucking Frosty. Listen. Like, you're, like, like the stars in your eyes that you have for it. He said he don't want to do he anything. He That's a different it. conversation. So, no. No, sister. You are not shallow. You are very well within your right to want to leave this lazy ass nigga. And I'm not. You don't want to build leave. a future with a man who says out of his mouth that I don't want to work. At that 30, doesn't make you shallow. Four years old. That doesn't in make this you economy. shallow. <laughs> like, no. In this, in the pootie tang. Yo. You telling me. It's not even a nigga who's like, I sincerely enjoy those golden hot fries and raising children. And like, that's the role that I'd like to have in my life. Bet, nigga. Let's have a conversation about what we want. But yeah. He don't want to do nothing. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I hope that helps Sparkle. Please keep us updated um, and let us know how things go. Uh, continue to send your honesty box questions to Podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. I deserve all right, in the interest of time, we're going to end the show a little bit differently. I'm going to do a black woman self-care, and then Jade's going to close us out with a petty peeve. Raha. And we're just going to, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. So in self-care this week, I had the opportunity to get a massage. So um, there's a, a young lady um, who's based in the Maryland area. I think um, she's based in Brandywine or something like mm-hmm. that, but... Um, she is a, a mobile masseuse, so she travels and gives in-home massages. Um, and I had the opportunity to get a massage from her. Her name was Ash- Ashana. I don't know if it's Ashana or Achana, but either way, she came to my house. Her company is called Massage FX. She's available on Style Seat, and she gave me a one-hour massage. It was wonderful. She set up in my living room um, and brought everything that she needed, and it was just an awesome time uh it was so like it you know sometimes when you sort of deal um i don't know i don't do uh, i i tend to suppress my emotions y'all know i suppress my emotions until they just come flying out of me like <laughs> violently <laughs> just projectile emotions all over the place <laughs> and so i had uh you know the massage was like the first time in the whole week that i actually had some time to just really sort of sit down and just decompress and i it I mean it it was not not in any sort of uh, I don't know it was really weird but I like cried during the, it wasn't like a sob like a soul like a breakdown no, but, just like a, but it was kind release. of like a release yes. and um <laughs> speak my language <laughs> but I I felt like a weirdo and but thankfully she didn't like judge me or anything like that but um it just was totally like 
it was it was just I just felt myself like trying to let go of some of the things that I've been kind of holding in. And it was just an awesome experience. I would very much recommend her if you are in the DMV area um, and, you know, to a black woman owned company called Massage FX. I'll put the information in the description box. But you guys make sure that you look her up and check her out. Um, yeah, you got and me wanting to book her for our girls weekend. Um, let's do it. Us. I mean, I know she does. Yeah, she, we can definitely make that happen. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, Ashana, I'll see you soon, <laughs> girl. Yeah, that'll be dope. Um, so yeah, uh, I, Ashana, a massage. It was amazing. Take care of yourself. And I, you know, I, I was like, wow. It felt like, it felt really bougie. Like, do I really need this? Blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. It it was worth it. It was worth it. It, it was, and it wasn't unreasonable. Like I really felt like I may have paid, I may have paid more if I would have gone to one of those swanky spas, but to be able to stay in my own house, um, was a special treat. Um, so, yeah. you know how I do. I go to my old Chinese man, George with his sandals and he gets me right together. So I, I advocate for massages, please. I love it. It was good. I love to it see it. It was very, very good. All right, let's move on to this, uh, to these petty peeves real quick. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. All right, so it's my turn for the petty peeves since Kia did the self-care. And I have a story for you all, okay? Outside's back open, so of course things start to happen. <laughs> Um, I told Kia this story before the show began. Um, and you know, I will face judgment from some of you. Uh, but I don't care. You know, I feel vindicated. So, <laughs> you know, I dropped Noah off at school. I had to go run an errand and buy her a hoodie because the weather was cooler than what I realized. And on my way back, uh, a young woman, when I was about a block from the school, a young woman was texting on her phone and not paying attention. So she runs a light. I'm a pedestrian, almost runs me over. Um, and then has to skirt, skirt, stop real fast because boom, she's at another light just that quickly, right? So I'm like, you did all that. You ran that light. And I looked in her car and I Hurry realized- Hurry up and wait. Yeah, mm -hmm. hurry up and wait. So I look in her car, she's texting. I said, okay, this bitch is literally not paying a single bit of attention to anything that's going on so- um, in my anger of almost getting killed, uh, I ran up on her car and slammed her driver's window um, oh just to <laughs> kind of shake some sense into her. Like, <laughs> bitch, pay attention to your motherfucking surroundings. Oh, my Lord. Uh, and she looked like she was about to try to stop the car and get bucked for a second until she realized this is a bitch who's standing in the middle of the street. Let me just <laughs> go on about my business. <laughs> So I waited because I was like, go ahead. You want to parallel park that car and jump on out? I'm not getting ready to fight you, but we're going to have a sincere conversation about how we're in a neighborhood full of kids, full of schools, full of parks, and you're a whole fucking dickhead. And mm. I'll take one for the team for these kids. So, um, but she didn't. So um, I felt, you know, <laughs> my thumb is bruised, but it's fine. I feel really vindicated uh, in what I did because hopefully she paid attention um, and didn't kill no body a couple blocks up the road as she continued to drive well all right yeah and me and the lady who was collecting the bottles and cans had a good little kiki about it 
And she's like, well, I guess they're going to learn today. And I said, that's right. <laughs> and that was that. So well, if, okay. if if a bitch who's a friend of y'all's is list, uh, tells you about somebody <laughs> who ran up on her motherfucking car, uh, it was me. And this is why. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And that's getting well. Calm. Oh, my. Well, we thank you all for listening to our our program. We appreciate your uh, listen. If you made it to the end of this episode, you deserve a treat. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead and get yourself something nice. Okay. Um, a crack. That's what the you know, CDC said. <laughs> you're so stupid. Okay. Yes. We thank you guys. For joining us at the kitchen table for another episode of Getting Grown. We couldn't do this without you. We appreciate you for listening and sharing time and space with us. We love you down and we'll see you next week. Tell the people what to do, sis. Drink your water. Mind your black ass business unless somebody's about to run you over. And moisturize <laughs> your skin. Why, sister? Because your black will crack if it's dry and you texting and you run the red light. Thank okay? you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>